Hey, hey, hey! 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 I am sorry we're late, man. man. It happens, man. And she talk about how we're supposed to be in the car at 6.45. Mm. I'm like, all right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tell me my dumb ass ain't sitting in the car waiting until 7.15. Uh-uh. Okay, when I track my wife down 20 minutes later, she's stepping out the goddamn shower talking about, can I help you? See, that's crazy right there. Craig, I looked this woman in the eye. I said, bitch, you told me 6.45. Huh? You said that? Psh, yeah, I said... I laid it out. But you said bitch, though. Hmm? You said bitch? Yeah. Gentlemen and haters alike, welcome to another episode of Gundam at MAHQ. That's right, this is the King of Podcasters, episode 95. We're here, and this is Sobo Ryu, and uh, I am joined by my co-hosts, Chris. Yo. And Neo. So do we suck like Windows 95? That's right, that's right. We're full of problems, glitches and whatnot. You would imagine with all the troubles we've had this week, we have a... Th- no shit. We, we haven't even gotten to uh, Gundam Emmy yet. <laughs> Gundam Emmy. Or even 98. Yes. Or, or 98 second edition. <laughs> or, uh, I, just hope, I just hope or, that we can skip over Gundam Vista. Yeah. Entirely. That's, that's what I was about to say. Ooh, man. <laughs> Hopefully we can avoid that nightmare. And and no uh, Gundam Explorer 6.0 either. Ooh, that, that would just suck. We don't need that nonsense. No. <laughs> but um, welcome to the show, everybody. And um, in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing two different shows. We're going to pick up on our reviews for uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Age as we close out the first generation of uh, Gundam Age and Baby's uh, first Gundam Baby's first What's Gundam up? y'all but grab your bibs <laughs> grab <laughs> grab your adult sized diapers <laughs> exactly and um uh, and, and after that we're going and the to the AD <laughs> there's wipes <laughs> trying hard to stay regular but <laughs> well, DK's got no problem with you being regular <laughs> isn't eating Metamucil just, just show him a picture of a, of, of a Gundam or something. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and um, after that, we're going to review the 12-episode uh, anime that, that came out in 2009, Viper's Creed. A really awesome motorcycle anime. You can already see that Chris is excited. Yeah, bike boy. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into all that awesomeness, I'm going to turn it over to our newscaster, Neo, for the news. Take it away, Neo. Yeah, well, uh... Hey, I got a new you're... submission for you before you started with everything. Mevio oh. sucks. End of story. <laughs> okay. Thank Source you. me. <laughs> Thank you, po- uh, Poster Chris, on the MHQ forums and the Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread on the Gundam... Goddamn Any, anything I can do to help. Yeah, a, a, verbal, <laughs> a verbal submission. Yes. <laughs> First ever I... verbal submission on, on Gundam. 
and I, th- th- that's the exact reason why we'll never have something where we'll have um, you know uh, people can view or, or t- call in during uh, the actual recording because <laughs> we'd never get through the news because there'd always be something like you know oh man this this happened or whatever but all right it's funny that we started making fun about uh, the various versions of of uh, Windows in the past there because uh, this. It, ties in greatly with this first article from Gundam Type Zero. And this is coming from Kotaku. And there's a rumor going on that, you know, banana money, that Microsoft stuff where I always have that, just those 40 points left, it seems. <laughs> there's a rumor that Microsoft might be getting rid of that stuff by the end of 2012. So it's about time. Yeah. Well, you know what? Price do, do the pricing accordingly so I can at least get down to a zero balance instead of always having like 20 or 30 points exactly it's well, not I have, the same the problem. I have the same problem with the wii because you know they they have banana points too but theirs basically is you just add two zeros to the dollar amount and that's their banana point system mm-hmm. yeah. the problem is that like the amount that they sell points cards in doesn't match the amount that stuff is priced in yeah right so i've had for almost a year 200 points just sitting there because <laughs> I would have to finagle some weird combination of adding a certain number of points and buying maybe like one or two different things just to get the damn thing down to zero. Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I got those, those $2, basically $2 just sitting there that are no good to me because of the way that the pricing structure is both for games and for how they sell the points, which is annoying as hell. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, their way of keeping... A little bit of uh, a little bit of your money, you know, and 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 being able to amass that from a bunch of people, and forcing I, you to spend money to spend your money. No kidding, and it's the same thing on Xbox Live when I buy DLC for stuff, like and Street Fighter. You know, yeah, like Street Fighter or or, or any Ooh, numerous fighting game I play. Oh, I know, I know, freaking Extreme oh, Palette Three just came out last Dude, week. Why are you in Periwinkle? Let's get on that shit. <laughs> a bison and salmon. Ooh. Man, freaking yep. beautiful! No, I'm just okay, uh, but no, uh, yeah. Some some stuff is like priced at forty points, and the other stuff is priced at some odd number. And at the end, I'm left with like ten points that you know I can't spend on shit. Uh, it's just annoying. I, I want my balance I've, to I've be good. I've had the same twenty points stuck in there since I had the stupid <laughs> Xbox. I can never just get down to a thing. But back mm-hmm. to this article though, the move just won't impact Xbox Live. Um, that one person that still has a Zune because it'll affect these Zune marketplace. And then Solbro, you as the only Windows phone user left, uh, it'll, it'll affect your thing too. So, um, well, you know, yeah. this, is, this is actually this is a good move, not only because the whole banana point system is annoying, yeah. but mm-hmm. because Microsoft is trying to unify all these different things to have one integrated experience of Windows Phone 7, uh, Windows 8, Xbox Live, and pretty soon, once Windows 8 launches this year, it's going to have its own app store. Yeah. So I imagine they just want to have, if they already have the Xbox Live infrastructure of the pricing and they force you to get Xbox Live accounts when you do stuff like games for Windows, you're going to put all of that together. It makes sense to get rid of the banana money because that's just going to annoy people when they buy desktop apps or phone apps of constantly like, oh, what the fuck is this in banana money? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It was always a ridiculous co- uh, concept, and it's even you know as it as it's grown older, it's just gotten more ridiculous. Because like you said, with all these other things that they're adding to their um, you know with the app stores and stuff like that. So at but, least with the PSN, you know, I never have any leftover money except for maybe like a few cents mm-hmm. yeah. because 
you know, if I don't even have to put in points cards, I'll just buy what I want yeah. and it'll automatically charge me what I've bought. Yeah. I don't have to worry about, you know, interchanging fake points with real money. Just it, buy it what was, I want it, and that's it. It was always a stupid concept and I, I, I don't know why they did it, but I think they pro I think my thing is I, I think they just say, Oh, well this was to help uh, integrate across different currencies, but you know, it's BS because, like, yeah. I, you know, I think you're regionally cut off anyway. Like, for yeah. example, with with Sony on the PSN, you can't buy stuff in the Japanese store with an American credit card. Right. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter what the local currency is. You can't buy anything in Europe with an American credit card yeah. or in Japan with a mm. European credit card. So the local currencies are meaningless because yeah. you're regionally locked off anyway. But so, uh, <clears throat> thank you, Mr. Gun of Type Zero, for your submission there, and we uh, definitely will um, await the news of banana points finally going away. So <laughs> that, that'll be uh, that'll definitely be nice. Uh, next one here comes from uh, one one of the criminals from Australia, Vet Noir. Nice. Nice. And uh, this is um, I know I know um, my Lord and Master, the General. He doesn't really care about this because you know what's the point no lelouch i could care less but uh <laughs> you couldn't care less i couldn't care less uh, otherwise you could yeah, that's true <laughs> but this is coming from the anime news network and there is uh some of the details of code geass oz the reflection have been revealed so you have some character designs some nightmare features and everybody all looks very aristocratic and all that so uh, definitely check that out if you're a fan of um, Code Geass and especially of the new show so there you go thank you Mr. Vent Noir uh, for your submission and give those people back their hudcaps uh, <laughs> next one here comes from Wilder and uh, I don't I, don't, I kind of don't know how to feel about this because I just wish this guy would go away uh, Wilder but, no, <laughs> not Wilder. <laughs> this is coming from the Anime News Network, and I guess, uh, you know. You don't want to have misplaced modifiers there. <laughs> what is this, frickin' uh, gra gra Grammar Fest 2012? Yes, it is. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I need to correct your reputation as an ill-informed newscaster. There you go. It that's, part of my, that's part of my charm, though, man. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm, the, I'm the Larry King of, of uh, podcasting news. I don't go that should be your personal slogan on your business card. <laughs> he was never prepared. I'm not either. I'm looking at the. I'm reading these as I bring them up right now. So Sheboygan, yes. you're on. What's the guy? Them? I don't know. Do you know? He's 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 Larry King 2.0. Yes. <laughs> right now, right now, Mercy Spenders. If it was video, then you'd see that. But um, Hideki Anno, you guys ever hear of this guy? Oh, never, ever. Oh, oh Jesus. But um, he's uh, he's actually doing something that's not going to be related to uh, the, the greatest show ever, Evangelion. <laughs> no. Oh, whoa. Um, he's going to be storyboarding the opening for the Space Battleship Yamato um, 2199 project. So, Oh, and, man. Yeah, he made a quote here. If there was no Yamato, I would not be... I would not be me now. So you're blaming all your crap on Yamato? That's <laughs> garbage. You know, what, you know what that means, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to go back in time, time and stop Yamato from existing so that Evangelion doesn't exist either. <laughs> Even yes. though it means sacrificing Yamato, it's for the greater good. Oh, Damn. Oh, man. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, we, we need uh, Mr. Spock's ship from the new, uh, the, the, the new Star Trek, right, to go back and, and fix all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> So, um, yes, thank you, Mr. Wilder, for your submission. Uh, next one here are some innate 
dude, and this is coming um, <laughs> uh, Funimation or uh, Foodimation for some of us is oh. suspending uh, <laughs> the Dragon Ball. Oh my God! <laughs> restoration. <laughs> and, uh, just kind of looking at this right here, I, I, I think um, I think the best way we could say this. As much as I love Dragon Ball Z, I, I think uh, the world has got Dragon Ball Z um, fatigue at this point. <laughs> you, you don't know how happy the general was to hear this because the the, the whole thing of the, the this like battle one point one one point two filled him with like rage on a level I've never seen from him before. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> and, and and the reason why is uh, uh, Funimation or Funimation is uh, citing this due to fan demand. So. Um, that's, Maybe, uh, or rather, lack thereof. Well, yes. <laughs> so, you know, 15 years of fatigue finally catching up with them. Yeah, exactly. So, thank you. Uh, and it was originally scheduled for March 27th. So, now you can redirect those anime dollars to uh, probably Buy some. Fairy Tale instead. Or, or get some of those great uh, Bandai Blu rays coming out. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> or turn A. Wait, what, oh, what happened? This is 2011? Oh, oh. Too no. soon. Uh, to, <laughs> to tsunami. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ine Dude, for your submission. So, next one here comes from. Oh God, uh, do you guys know just by the tone of my voice who this is coming from? We're gonna do guesses I can, now. I, I, can, I can take a guess. Uh, Does the name start with a moo and end with a flaga? Oh no, 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 no! no. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it starts with a J. Yes, <laughs> it, it ends, ends with a five. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, oh man! Yes, Jabman zero two five. Oh the, shit! I thought it was Jurassic Five. Damn. The Ra- <laughs> or the MC Five, <laughs> or uh, the Defender of Blank? Because I know oh. we're not supposed to mention that anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, this is actually coming from the uh, an Anime News Network, and there is a Gundam Mini theme park to open in April of two thousand of two thousand twelve in Tokyo. Here, oh. so. The uh, Japanese conglomerate Bandai announced on Sunday will open a miniature theme park called Gundam Front Tokyo at Diver City, Tokyo. Oh, the nice. House. Next to the 1-1. One, one why do you sound like empty Geist while you're reading this? <laughs> this is... Damn, why'd you screw that up, man? Because oh. I was going to say, empty Geist reported from Tokyo. Because <laughs> <laughs> he needed something after uh, CPM went out of business. What's he going to do? He was the freaking uh, the spokes mecha or whatever. But uh, <laughs> guys got money work. on the streets. Guys got to work. So <laughs> get on his knees and and earn his money the hard way. Oh jeez. <laughs> God, this dude's got knee pads, right? That's what you're saying. Exactly, he's got knee pads. <laughs> he's already set for a bright new career. So uh, if, if you're if you're in if you're in Japan after April 19th of this year, you can go to uh, it's Front Gundam Front Tokyo Entertainment Space, and uh, it's on the artificial island of Isle of Odaiba. So it's going to be uh, 2,050 square feet uh, space. We'll charge uh, 13 bucks US or thousand yen, and some of the other areas will be free. So there's gonna be, there's going to be a lot of cool little things in here. Uh, some information about the various projects, some photoshops for taking pictures in the world of Gundam. Oh man, I, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to get the um, a picture with what um, you know, uh, Rio Jose, because you mm-hmm. know he's the best. <laughs> and of course, the free zones will include displays of plastic models. Yes, this uh, mini theme park is opening up in Tokyo in 
April. Uh, no date here so showing when it's going to end. So uh, definitely, if you have the ability to go, definitely check that out. Sounds like it'd be kind of cool. So yeah. uh, Gundam must be big in Japan. I don't know. <laughs> who, but, knew? who knew? Who <laughs> knew? Uh, have some um, other news here from Flame X. Uh, there's going to be a Star Driver film coming out. There's plans in the works for that. Uh, so oh. any fans of that uh, television anime, uh, definitely maybe we'll keep you posted on that. I, I know there's quite what a few fans mean? out there. Yeah, I know. Which, I know uh, uh, for, for Shameless Promotion, we did a segment on Star Driver on Chaos Theater, so download that today. And mm-hmm. if you haven't seen the show, I just noticed it's on Crackle, the entire series. So You can also buy it on Blu-ray. It's uh, one of the last releases from Bandai. And, you, oh, wow, that's a classic then. Instant mm-hmm. classic. Hey, hey. They, they, don't, they don't make any of these Bandai stuff anymore. <laughs> hey, back in my day, we used to have stuff made by Bandai. <laughs> Grandpa, what's Bandai? Shut up! Stop asking me questions! <laughs> Where's my applesauce? But, you know, the other thing I would say with uh, Chaos Theater, uh, definitely check out the um, the Star Trek episode where uh, uh, Chris's uh, douchebag partner, uh, Pedro Barisal, oh, no. uh, sits there and just completely uh, just makes vile and most disgusting comments about one of the great actors of our time, the Shatner. The Shat, man. No yeah. way. He shits on the Shat. <laughs> yeah. It, it, is, it, is, it is so much. He is so ridiculous that there's a point in there where even Chris is like, yo, dude, you got to get this hate going up. You know, get it under control so we can just do the rest of these uh, reviews here. I, I could actually hear the irritation in Chris's voice. He's like, oh, my God, you know, we get it, dude. Shut the hell up. So uh, oh, screw, screw you, Pedro, and how dare you? How and, and dare you? That, you should download the Star Trek animated series episode on Chaos Theater, which features yes. a certain uh, Capcom addict. Who? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. So, um, boy, you know, Neil, you, you haven't been on Chaos Theater yet, but this isn't helping your chances. <laughs> I, I just, I just had to, I just had to bring it out there because uh, how dare he? How dare he? I mean, there, there's a few things, there's a few things that make me as, as more heated than that. It's you know, making fun of Sir Bay, um, you know, the Shatner, saying just like he's horrible actor. Yeah, come on. He's just, got the he's got those Emmys, man. Not for Star Trek, but <laughs> <laughs> just you wait, Pedro. When when y'all start talking about Woods and Metal, Neil will will he'll he'll materialize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, I still think that'd be a great idea for uh, a musical anime, a Wizard Metal based. If we Ooh. could get uh, what is it, Sinichiro Watanabe? If he he did <laughs> he did the hip hop one, he did the jazz one. Why not do a, a um? I'm telling you, a Wizard Metal Mecha show. That awesome. might just be the greatest anime ever conceived. Oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> With intro by Ronnie James Dio. Hey. Hey. Easy, easy. Hell yes, man. Hell yes. I, I know, but, you know, just say that with respect. So. We, we don't want people to OD off the first frame. <laughs> <laughs> be like a sugar high. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Mr. Flame X, for that. And thank you, Mr. Chris, for shameless uh, promotion of uh, <laughs> Chaos Studio. <laughs> <laughs> and screw you, Pedro. And oh. <laughs> and uh, God, lots of there. There must have been some uh, probation going on in Australia. Got another poster here from an Australian, uh, Mula Flaga. And uh, what does this you know, we, want? <laughs> well, we were all worried about this because you know we care so much about this. But uh, on Madman.com, uh, they released a statement that they're the Australian releases after Bandai uh, Entertainment reverted. Um, 
anything dealing with Gundam Unicorn, some of it won't be affected because they're going to be directly licensed from Sunrise. So, um, well, screw guess, you, Australia. Yeah, exactly. So, why why uh, do you get to have something nice? You can't have nice things. Yeah, it says <laughs> only we can we have might, nice things. We're America. And this is quote from the article. We would like to assure everyone that this news has absolutely no effect on our current or future release slates. Most of the titles that were released overseas by these companies were acquired by us from different Japanese licensor. And any of our titles that were licensed with Bandai Entertainment remain unaffected. So, uh, damn it, man. They get it, but we don't. Jeez. <laughs> but um, thank this you. This is something Ms. with which I cannot put up. Oh, yes. Man. I'm writing my congressman right now. <laughs> I like I like to add all the other budget stuff and all the other issues we have in the United States to the side. We need to fix this thing with Bandai. <laughs> Bail them out. <laughs> Bail out Bandai. I like to add about Moo, by the way. Um, even though he's a thorn on my side at times. Happy birthday to you, Moo. It's his birthday just passed the other day, so there you what go. What is it, your nemesis? Uh, uh, in, in my Australian nemesis, man. He keeps me on my toes. <laughs> Better watch out, man. <laughs> Come at me so. with that shank like like an Australian should. <laughs> That's no knife. This is a knife. This is a knife. That's <laughs> because yeah, all Australians say that. Oh, hell they, yeah, man. Every they last one. They won't be one. bothered by you saying, yeah. walking up to them like, oh, a stupid yank. Oh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> you have to remember, everything I know about Australia is based off of surfing videos and Crocodile Dundee. Paul that's, Hogan. You know, <laughs> And Steve Irwin. <laughs> Steve Irwin. Oh, oh man, it's too soon. <laughs> too soon. Oh man. Oh man, watch out for those stingrays. <laughs> but thank you, Moo, for your uh, submission and happy birthday from uh, the deepest bottom of uh, Solbro's black. Is <laughs> is Capcom based heart? <laughs> there you and, go. Next one here comes from Mr. Bushido. And yes, I will be corrected. I know that this picture is of him in his little stormtrooper outfit uh, with the 501st. I was wondering uh, if the, and maybe he can answer this when this episode comes out on the forum. Um, you, know, you, you guys know, like, when people do, like, Civil War reenactments, you know, they'll do, like, the Gattle, Battle of Gettysburg and stuff. The Gattle of Bettysburg? <laughs> that, too. <laughs> so somehow I just got possessed by George W. Bush. <laughs> When the when is not the, the guy is out practice the weapon. Sorry, the practice the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we miss your flubs, President Bush. Not <laughs> not the presiding, but we miss your flubs. But, uh, uh, I was just wondering though, do they reenact the Great Battle of Endor? You know. The, <laughs> <laughs> So do they put a bunch of little children in Ewok outfits with little plastic rocks and, oh, and No. Do you guys do you guys fight to play who gets to be the guy that actually gets a kill? The uh, the unknown stormtrooper. <laughs> but uh, he's he he's got a post here from the Gundam guy, and if you check this link, man, boy, it's it's a. Uh, I wish Kunio Arkawara would have drawn the stuff for uh, Seed because it made it even better. Uh, he does um, some of his redesigned art of some of the um, some of the uh, some of the suits. There we have the gin looks awful. Uh, the goon that, that that was bearded douchebag, right? That was his uh, mo mo uh, little uh, water suit. That that bearded goofball and the Baku looks awful. So <laughs> if you really want to be offended and have your uh, want to tear your eyes out at awful artwork, 
definitely check out this uh, submission here. And uh, thank you, Mr. Bushido, for your submission. And um, you know, good luck on the Battle of Endor. And <laughs> next one. Here. Oh, and by the way, um, I just want to make this a little thing. Um, don't put old stories in here. I know you said I'm not going to name out this person, but he uh, said it's an old story, but it's 2012, not 2008. So um, you know, I, I like to have the current news here. This isn't uh, this isn't Soul Bros nostalgia news. Oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a new segment? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, no. That'd be a whole new show. Nostalgia yeah. news. <laughs> He just picks various articles from points in time in history and just reads them. All, all Robotech and Capcom. Sweet. <laughs> Heyday news is what it'll be called. <laughs> but this is coming from the Gatekeeper, and this, this kind of follows up uh, something we were talking about in the last episode. This is coming from the Anime News Network. It seems that a lot of the Hatsune Miko videos are being taken down. Ooh. now. This is this could be dangerous because this could offend her as she gains sentience and then takes over <laughs> satellites in the U.S. military and stuff. Keep <laughs> her away from the Predator drone control system. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, third-party individual has been filing reports against the Hatsune Miku videos, uh, particularly the non-Japanese music videos, claiming they are in violation of copyright laws. So a lot of this stuff's being taken down. So she might see this as an act of aggression upon her, and uh, we could be screwed. <laughs> Thank God. We got Battlestar Galactica, The Matrix, and Blade Runner. So, <laughs> get fighter. Strategy gods on how to combat this. <laughs> I'm, I'm warning you, the, I'm warning you, Admiral. I'll probably be over there soon. I know you're listening, oh, but no. um, I'll be over there. I'll bring some. I'll bring some beer. So, but uh, <laughs> so thank you, Mister the Gatekeeper, for your submission. Last one here is from Vent Noir again, and uh, all pedo bears rejoice. Uh, there's been some character roles listed for Nunnally and Wonderland uh, thing. So um, it's an original video anime called Kokius Nunnally and Wonderland. So all those pedos that like uh, your dis disabled uh, lollies, uh, this one's for you. So, I know um, quite a few. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, Mr. Bent Noir, for your submission. Thank you for everyone else that's submitted. And if you ever have anything of interest that's not too old, remember, that goes in the Soul Bros Nostalgia News segment uh, that's uh, to be announced. And uh, go to the Neos Listener Submitted News thread in the Gundam, Gundam section of the <laughs> Mechatop Forum. And for whatever reason, I'm having a very difficult time speaking today. I don't know what it is. It's probably because I got completely rip-roaring drunk last night. That might be the problem. And it's still early here. But, yeah, I was uh, hungover this morning, so... <laughs> I'm no just excuses. saying. But before we move on, mm -hmm. man, I have heard tires screeching. I have heard <laughs> belts of pop since go through the oh. engine block. And that only means... We've never had a Straight Talk Express like this. I mean, this is one of those ones where, you know, uh, John McCain would really throw up his arms instead of doing that weird motion he does because they got broken like the war and stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, this, this is going to be a very heated. So buckle up. I have my, uh, I have my passive and active restraint system here. Got the airbag ready because I think it's going to slam into us. So, Chris, <laughs> we know you have some things to talk about. Go on, my friend. Okay, Mevio, go f yourselves. Ooh. <laughs> you are a Chris, useless piece of shit. Can I, uh, can I interject? Yes. As uh, one, of the, um, what, uh, the, one of the lethal interjection crew said from the boondocks, I think it was Snoop's uh, flow nominal. 
Picky, uh, what is it? He told Granddad this. Uh, Mevio, you can eat a sack of baby dicks. A sack so, of baby that, dicks. Yes. <laughs> but go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I just wanted to. Yeah. So, as our listeners know from Mecha Talk and Facebook, where we've uh, commented on this, uh, Mevio he- just decided last week to. Uh, Fuck all you podcasters. You're mm-hmm. done. So without notice, they took down everyone's RSS feeds, suspended all these accounts, which affected Chaos Theater and Laplace's box. And for days and days and days, they did not respond to any emails and said nothing. There's even a story on TechCrunch about it, which they declined to comment on. And then finally, at the end of the week, they uh, sent out a form letter which I'm going to perform a dramatic reading of. Oh, man. Look at you, John Lithgow. Go ahead. (laughs) Dear Chris, (laughs) we hope you will accept our sincere apologies for the inconvenience caused by deactivating your Mevio accounts. Our goal is to provide our viewers with the highest quality, brand-safe, video online entertainment (laughs) recently while conducting a review we found some content uploaded by account holders that did not meet these standards (laughs) therefore we had to remove the ability to upload content from all user accounts that did not produce approved featured content via a license agreement with mevio as a result, your podcast was affected by this process. <laughs> Please be assured that your content is not lost or deleted. Thank you for your patience while we developed an acceptable solution to provide access to your content. Beginning February 4th, 2012 until February 7th, 2012, your account will be reactivated to provide you the opportunity to access and download all your content. In recent years, Mevio has evolved from a podcast company into a thriving online video entertainment network delivering (laughs) big entertainment in short video format. If you are interested in helping us build a quality, short-form, brand-safe video entertainment network, Please submit a new show for consideration. We are always looking for quality video shows for all our entertainment channels. Again, our apologies for the inconvenience of not having immediate access to your content without your communications. If you have any questions or concerns, please contact blah 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 at blah 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 dot com. Thank you for working with Mevio. We wish you continued success with your shows. Regards, Mevio's production team. Oh, oh, oh. that's a lot to drop on someone. (laughs) Okay, so here's my thing with Mevio. Mm -hmm. You dumb f***ers did everything ass backwards. You know, it is not uncommon for companies to want to, you know, shift and refocus and re-strategize and rebrand and all of those stupid, like, business euphemisms that you want to use. I'm sure Neo has heard plenty of them. Yes. But here's the thing. If you are moving away from providing a service that you now provide, it is your duty, the least duty that you have, to inform said people who will be affected 
by your changes. You don't fucking randomly remove everyone's RSS feed for hundreds of podcasts because it's not just us that was affected. Some of our friends, uh, good old Foul Sorceress and uh, Smell Bad yep. podcast was affected. Uh, our pal uh, Suspicious Red Lamp and the Triple D was affected. Yep. I'm sure lots of other podcasts out there of many subject matters were affected by this that came completely without notice and even worse, not only without notice, but complete avoidance of any communication for a full week because I sent three emails, each increasingly more angry to Mevio asking them what the hell are they doing and why (laughs) can't they give me an explanation for what they're doing. I called their office and just got sent to a voicemail they declined to comment to TechCrunch about what they did. Mm-hmm. And finally, at the end of the week, uh, they put up a dumb little thing about uh, your account being suspended with some of the same boilerplate from the letter I just read. Yeah. And then finally sent out this letter at the end of the week of, uh, you know, what, uh, what's going on, which is just a generic form letter because that was the one that was sent to Chaos Theater. The exact same one was sent to Laplace's box. Yeah. So at least they're letting us export our content, but... You know, again, would it have hurt them to just do the sensible thing, which is tell everyone in advance, like, hey, in two weeks, we're going to stop hosting all of these podcasts. You have until then to make new arrangements for your content. Thank you. We are shifting to being a video site. Would that have killed? Would that have hurt them so badly to do that? They could have done that at the beginning of the year. They could have told people at the beginning, as of January first, you have uh, thirty days to get your affairs in order because we're make, we're shifting our um, our focus to video. And um, you know, thank you for being with us. But um, you know, if if you can rescue your content, this is now the time. Instead, you know, they're, they 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 left people. Uh, they left people twisting in the wind for a week, and you could see the panic in people's uh, responses on the um, actual thread. There's a there's a producers thread on Google Groups that all the Mevio producers, or at least a good majority of them, are at, and no one knew what the hell was going on for days. And then you know, finally, we had to just scramble onto the internet, look up for uh, as Chris mentioned that TechCrunch article and other articles that were speculating what was going on in the news, but no one really had definitive stuff. But pretty much what they were speculating was on the money. And then you know, people just knew that there was change in the air, and that you know, if they could get access to their content, you know, they'd they'd have very little time to to move their stuff over. And sure enough, that's exactly what came to pass. Yeah, and you know this is not exactly rocket science here or brain surgery. It, mm-hmm. You you tell people that you are making a change in your service. For example, in the last year, Google has discontinued a lot of like extraneous services that are not matching the core of what they're trying to do. But they gave you months and months and months of notice in advance that they were going to be doing this. Absolutely, with regular communication. For example, just before this, they finally shut down their failed Google Wave. But they t- they announced that like four or five months ago. So, so was- people had all of that time to back up their data and to move it to, I think it's being continued as an open source project somewhere else. They're working with people on doing that. Why could Mevio just not have done the sensible thing here and told people in advance that this is happening? Because what the hell do you do? Uh, when I'm trying to log in for Chaos Theater in Laplace's box, it's telling me that my account's been suspended. It's like, well, what did I do? You're not giving me any information. When I email them, they don't respond. So what kind of bullshit is that? That is just, that's the best way to create ill will for yourself because oh, yeah. now 
maybe they don't care about pissing off uh, podcasters because they see themselves as a fancy video site, even though all of their videos are shit. <laughs> Especially, and I'm sure you you you've had to sit through a few seconds of this uh, oh, whenever yeah. you log in, Sobro. That mm-hmm. stupid video, that stupid series, hot off the net. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's permanently pinned to the top of uh, the page of. Oh, today we have some news on who Kim Kardashian is f***ing right now. In case you care, because you're a vapid, useless human being. Ha ha ha. I mean, yeah, the the girl it's, reading the news is kind of cute, but mm-hmm. it's a shitty series. It's it's terrible. And how are you going to compete? Are you going to make yourself a video site with video content that's exclusive to only a few? When you compete with YouTube, where everybody's already putting up their own content and has built up their own um, well, viewer bases that, and what that's and whatnot. But that's not the point. Who cares about that? I mean, well, yeah. the, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, the is, is they, in their uh, their yeah. email where they mention brand safe twice in two paragraphs. All they want to do is provide cheap garbage content for the masses that will attract big advertisers. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the point just comes down to that if you're going to do something like this, hell, even if they gave you 24 hours notice, it would have been better than what they gave. I mean, it's not like you have to do something like Google where they gave you months and months, but the fact that they never even said anything, and then secondly, they never even responded to any emails, and then they put out a a weak-willed form email like Chris had stated to everybody saying, oh, we'll give you more updates within 12 hours. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? It's been uh, like 48 probably (laughs) What now, like uh, 60 hours since that, and nothing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a cl- it's a classic case of what not to do if you ever own a business. Yep. You, don't, you don't sit there and you just be a complete dick. And if you're going to. You don't burn you know, bridges because yeah. Even, oh, yeah. They don't, even if they don't care about pissing off podcasters, I'm going to tell anyone who cares to listen from now on how much Mevio sucks and how much it should be avoided. And I'm sure that hundreds of other spurn, equally spurned podcasters will do the same. So now you have a bunch of people evangelizing against you yeah. how much you suck. And on top of that, there's podcasters who are friends of podcasters who have independent podcasts elsewhere who you know will probably echo this same sentiment. And, and, and what's worse is that, just to let people know, Gundam wasn't affected by that. It wasn't affected with it at all, but Gundam is tied to other podcasts. So you still cut off our arm when you did this and so you know we're now moving our our our, our show to another service because we don't know when they're going to pull the plug on our show you know they, we, we we managed to dodge the bullet but you know we can't yeah, trust how long yeah we we can't trust them in this situation because they gave us no advance notice who knows that in a couple of days when uh when the uh the whole thing where, where where they want us to to move our content goes away on the 7th of february who knows if Gundam's going to be left standing on their service either? So, you know, they didn't give us any kind of details as to what's going down, who's staying, who's going. And, you know, when, when the blackout happened, Gundam was the only podcast from, you know, from MAHQ or Shinjuku Station left standing. Yeah, because so, Shinjuku Station at the movies also got taken down. Yeah, as and did, all, all, um, the, all the other Shinjuku Station shows, whether it be Flip the Script or Fight Club or all that stuff has been you know, also got the suspension as well. Like, like I said, the only show joint between MAHQ and Shinjuku Station that was left standing on their service was Gundam. That was it. Even our friends at uh, the Tomocast got taken down. Yep. Wow. So, you know, it was just an axe just uh, wildly swinging and cutting anything. And, you know... Now that there's all this ill will against them, and if you searched a few days ago for the hashtag Mevio on Twitter, boy, you find a lot of pissed off people. <laughs> and there's this story now on TechCrunch, and for those of you who maybe are not familiar with the, the like sort of world of, of technology and um, 
you know, the business of technology. TechCrunch is very, very widely read by venture capitalists, angel investors, lots of people who have millions of dollars to make things happen for you or not mm-hmm. happen. And if Mevio is going through a round of funding and they want to attract people, those people that they're going to try to att- attract will have read TechCrunch and looked them up and read all of the negative co- comments on that article, including one from me. Wow. And they'll probably think twice about, hey, is this a service that we want to invest money in? Look at, look at this shocking example of poor management. It's an egregious example. It's, it's terrible. I, I, I just, you know, so many people count on this service in order to get their podcast out. And the least they could have done is give them an advance notice. Um, yeah. And I, I, should, I know that, you know, we're, you know, in a, in a sense, it's like, you know, yeah, it's a free hosting service. Mm-hmm. But if you're offering a service, the least duty that you have to people is communication. Yeah, especially it's a service that provides communication. <laughs> well, it's it's like I said. I mean, any any notice would have better than been better than no notice. I mean, yeah. even if they said you have forty eight hours to get your stuff, at least you got something. This yeah. was just nothing, and then you know, no no response for days. So, and it, and it didn't matter whether your podcast had been with them in the old pod show days. Like, um, I, I read I read a blog from someone who had their show up since two thousand six. And had been consistently putting out episodes, and their show got shit canned. And um, you know, Chris's uh, the, the MHQ podcast, who haven't been out that long, they got shit canned. It didn't matter how much legacy your show had; um, they were they were just massacring shows across the board. And there's no way to treat people who have been with you for so long and have supported your site for so long. It's it's a terrible yeah. move, man. I read uh, one comment on the TechCrunch story from a guy who said that he had like 300 episodes, man, that uh, that had that he had on Mevio. So it's like just and the let me tell you, uh, this has been a very stressful week for me, you know, <laughs> trying to scramble to find a hosting service to accommodate all three shows, trying to find some way to move our content, looking into what we have to do to redirect the iTunes uh, RSS feed, all of this stuff, like really unnecessary stress that could have been prevented by, you know, meaningful communication in advance. Exactly. And it's not been fun this last week. Like, I've had a lot of calls back and forth with Dale, with Pedro, with Neo, with Solbro. Like, mm-hmm. what do we do about this? Lots of emails with people back and forth. Just a lot of extra work that could have been a lot less painless had Mevio just been responsible. And, and just to throw this out there, for any of our fellow podcasters are in this situation, um, we did eventually come across a, uh, a, a solution. Chris, if you want to just enlighten him for a moment about uh, what we ended up doing. Sure. Uh, we have now signed up with Libsyn. Mm-hmm. You can uh, join them at Libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. This is not a promotional piece. This is just an FYI. Uh, in the month of February, they are doing a special promotion for Spurned Mevio podcasters <laughs> where if you sign up and use the promo code Mevio12, that's Mevio and the number 12, they will give you free month of hosting. They will um, import all of your old content with your RSS feed, and uh, they'll get you up and going. And there's uh, more information about how you do that, but you, you all can find that. I'm sure the information circulating around, but it's certainly something that uh, is, is a good solution, and Libsyn has certainly stepped up. And i got to give them props because uh, they've been maintaining communication with Solbro and I, ever since Friday into the weekend, they've been very responsive instantaneously. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is customer service. This is how you 
treat people. You treat people like people. Yes. Not just things that you discard when you're done with them. So uh, like, like a phoenix, MHQ is rising out of the ashes because you can never keep us down. It will now be better than ever because I might as well announce it here that um, through Libsyn's services, we are in the process of developing an app for Gundam and Chaos Theater. Hell yes. So it'll take a while before this is ready, but we will have smartphone app available in the iTunes store for iOS and for Android in the Android market and the Amazon Kindle Fire store. That's freaking awesome. And once it's done, I think that you all will enjoy this because it'll let you download episodes. It has its own built-in player so you can play episodes. You can star episodes as favorites to refer to them later. You can share stuff with social networks. You can send us emails from within the app, say comments about episodes. There's so much that you can do with this app, and I really can't wait for this to be done so that you all can uh, download it and uh, make use of it. It's something I'm very excited about. Probably the most exciting thing since we introduced uh, Chaos Theater in Laplace's box last year. So I'm really uh, looking forward to once this is done. And we will have updates for this as it goes along. We've got a lot of work to do to get those apps up and running, but we will, of course, keep you updated once those are ready to go and they'll be out there for for you to uh, purchase from said markets. Exactly. You you know what? I'll be excited to see, Chris. Purchasing uh, support our podcasts. You know what? I'll be excited to see. What's up? Uh, In 12 months here on the financial news, when I hear about um, Mevio going bankrupt and (laughs) everybody coming in to do liquidation on all their office furniture and stuff like that, because guess what? Your, your, Your time is coming, and I would tell everybody not to support them, not to click on any of their crap. And if, if any investors are listening to this, yeah, put your money somewhere else because uh, you, that's going to be a, a big, it's going to be a big boondoggle. So um, once uh, we're going to be leaving Mevio behind entirely, uh, when you hear this episode, it'll be because it's already posted on Libsyn. Mm-hmm. We're going to have all our episodes copied over. We're going to redirect all of the links and direct download on Gundam.net and on Mecha Talk, and then every presence of ours on Mevi will be completely deleted. Yep. Mm-hmm. We don't even want to send any traffic to them by accident. <laughs> so yeah. if you see a link to anything on Mevi or some video, some something, don't click it. Don't give them the, the satisfaction. Don't give them the traffic. Don't give them any attention. Do not give them what they want. I normally don't root for failure, but I make an exception in this case because their behavior. Uh, has been just so disgusting in this situation. Woo. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely, and I mean, it's like I said, if you ever, if any of you guys out there are ever fortunate enough to have your own business, uh, don't do what these people are doing. Yeah, this is an example of what not to do. And <laughs> yes. hopefully, by the end of this year, if someone says Mevi, I'll be like, Mevi who? <laughs> yeah. So, but Woo. I think that's enough. Yes, it is enough. So we're gonna. And move on, so I'll turn it back to you, Soul Bro. And that was that was this has been a spirited segment, and 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 and, a, and the most interesting news segment we've had in months. It's awesome. I'm just and the, kidding. And the most flubbed. And the most flubbed, exactly. Yes. But uh, we're gonna get on to our reviews of our two shows, Gundam Age and uh, and Viper's Creed, and we'll be back with more Gundam at MHQ in just a moment.
talking and talk fast, you lousy bum. We've been frantically trying to reach you, dude. Where is my goddamn money, you bum? Well, well we... I, 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 I don't... They did not receive the money, you nitwit! They did not receive the money! Her life was in your hands! This is our concern, dude. No, man, nothing is f here. Nothing is f No, man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain! What's up, Gundam Nation? As you well know, episode 100 is right around the corner. But to make it a Hallmark episode, we'll need your help. Head on over to Gundam.net and find the show notes for this episode or the post titled Episode 100, Listener Participation Project. Once you're there and have read the instructions on what to do, call the number listed in those steps for the Shinjuku Station Special Projects line and leave a message pertaining to one of these two subjects. Shit, Gundam listeners say. You like Gundam 00? You know that's just a rip-off of Wing, right? And Season 2? That's just Wing and Zeta. And your favorite Gundam moment. Neo, Chris, and Solbro, congratulations on reaching Episode 100. There's been a lot of great memories, from the G-Savior episode to the Wings of Rean segment. The deadline for submissions is April 1st, 2012. So don't sleep. Head on over to Gundam.net and help make episode 100 of Gundam at MAHQ a memorable one. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Hey, Ricky, how you doing? Lee, I see you got everything under control, man. I'm going to go downstairs and the gun... Damn! What happened to rain? Gundam at MHQ, and we're going to be jumping into some reviews for Gundam Age. We've got a supersized segment with episodes 9 to 15, which we didn't originally intend to do, but since first generation of Age was wrapping up, so we figured might as well do it all in one segment so that next time we can start on a clean slate right into generation 2. Oh, yeah. So, so we're going to go. Supersized, uh, what drink would you like with this? <laughs> 
I would like some uh, some apple juice. It's appropriate for babies. <laughs> it's, and it's good for you, too. <laughs> yes. So we're going to go through these episodes pretty fast. Just some brief comments on each of them. Starting with episode nine, The Secret Mobile Suit. Oh, what? <laughs> so in this episode, uh, Flit, Rodek, uh, Wolf, and Emily, they go and visit Madorna's workshop. And they encounter a little surprise. They they see the Zedos there. They're like, hey, uh, what's what's up with this thing? And then when they try to get near it, it suddenly turns on and starts blowing everything up. Who knew? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so it causes a ruckus and uh, Flit... And Wolf go chasing after it in Shell Dolls, but they don't have any weapons, so they're not really <laughs> that, <laughs> that well off. Um, but it's just to give Flit some time to go get uh, the Titus. Then he comes back and discovers, much to his surprise, big fat Titus, not too good against uh, Zoom Zoom Zedas. <laughs> yes. He's a little overweight. <laughs> it's a little, a, little, a little too fat. Yep. So by the end... We discover that uh, the Zedas was brought to Madorna for improvements by the mysterious Yark Dole. Ooh. The Merchant of Death. The hooded one. Yes. <laughs> and we also see that uh, the age system has something new that it's cooking. Oh, snap. And what could it be? So, comments on this episode. Muffins. That's what it was. <laughs> Muffins. Muffins. <laughs> um, good stuff. You know, it, it gives you that little political intrigue or what's going on. You know, this guy's the mobile suit genius, and then you see the Zedos there, and what the heck's it doing here, and then, you know, all of that. But, you know, in, in the end, it was probably just a, um, a good little bridge episode also to bring out what's the uh, what the age system's got cooking for... Uh, that month's uh, model offering. So, um, you know, definitely some, definitely, definitely some good stuff, though. So, it, it, it was really cool to see uh, Flit's skill increase uh, with 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 this episode because he was forced to use a, a shadow. And what was really cool, and this is my favorite moment in the whole episode, is something you don't see in Gundam much: the unprotected transfer from one suit to the next in in in, in unprotected space. When um when Flit had to go and open up his suit and then do that barrel roll into the other suit, that was the coolest moment, one of the coolest moments in this whole series so far. And uh, the fact that he told him, "Exhale all the hair air out of your lungs," I, you know, it's like, man, I'd be scared to death to do that. But this kid and, did and this. And he turned to put his back to the sun so that he wouldn't get like fried by some oh, solar radiation. Ain't it crazy? <laughs> Which a lot of people bitch about, but it's scientifically actually possible. And it was sort yeah. of the same thing when. Quested it in Char's counterattack. Yep, and uh, that's that's the last person I can remember actually doing it. As as uncool as she is, but Flit did it like a champion. I, and, would, you know, I wish she had accidentally like uh, yeah effed up. Missed. <laughs> she missed yeah. wrong trajectory, <laughs> and she just keeps going flying she, by. Like, ah! she, she would she would have bumped into the hatch door and just oh, yes. ricocheted out in the space. Yes, would have saved us a lot of trouble. You but um, you know, it's funny people bitch about that because. They all have, like, all of their knowledge of space comes from bad Hollywood movies. Yeah, exactly. So everyone thinks that, like, if you go out into space unprotected, that A, you instantly freeze. Yeah. B, you instantly explode. Mm-hmm. Or C, you, uh, you, you end up like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. When he's, <laughs> you know, what's those little, like, those little rubber squeeze dolls that you squeeze oh, them? Stretch and, Armstrong's. And, yeah. The, the eyes and the mouth pop out. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Not Stretch Armstrong, but yeah, there's something else. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That, that happens to you when there's no atmosphere. You go, no, I, that, no. I, 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 I thought yeah. Smith, 
I thought you meant you become governor of California and you bang. Ah, yeah, vote for me in California. <laughs> All the things of this nature. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was out that was an outstanding moment. Uh and and it was just a, a daring um thing to, for him to do but it was a thing he had to do because I, I was wondering how are you going to transfer one suit are you going to go all the way back to the ship in the shadow but that's a, that's a long trip but instead no he had to do it in raw unprotected space man and he did it and, and it made for a really exhilarated intense episode i i, I like I, this episode really, was really cool so bro it yeah, did I, a little moment it just made the whole episode for you apparently. i just i did not expect that from this show i did not yeah. expect that so that there, there you go there's my rating right there i I like this episode because it's a change from the Fardane arc because, yeah. you know, the Fardane arc has been a little disappointing in the way that they've done stuff. You know, I understand that the whole point of that arc was to develop this whole thing of having bitter enemies coming together to fight a common enemy despite their differences, as mm-hmm. we see later on. But just the way they depicted the, the Zalem and the Yuba as just complete retards <laughs> was pretty stupid. And yeah. it kind of dragged on the middle of, of this arc a bit. So it's nice yes, that this episode Chris took us right. away from that. Yes, the Chris is right. <laughs> exactly. In unison, in unison uh, Solbro. Yes, the Chris, the Chris is, is right. right. <laughs> so also some other things start to come together here. Uh, finally, there's the confrontation, the public thing about uh, what Grodek's been doing. And Emily backs him up. By saying, like, yeah, you know, I heard the old captain and he just wanted to let us all die. Oh, <laughs> that was a cool moment uh, where, the, where the truth actually came out. And, and Grodek actually, um, he manned up and, you know, he, he told everybody. He's like, yeah, I, I practically hijacked the ship, but for good reason. And, and, and I want revenge. Yeah. On the UE. Who's with me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, there's the little, little moment here where... Um, uh, Lara Parley has a, a little girl-to-girl heart-to-heart with Emily, and that's when Emily stops like trying to stop Flip from fighting. and basically just becomes a cheerleader yeah. <laughs> from the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't really do much the rest of this arc after this. She's just the cheerleader and like, I'm going to watch over Flit. Yay. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and what we find out later is she doesn't pull a frow. <laughs> Settling well, for second look, best. I mean, th- think about it. who she'd have to be pulling a frow with. Yeah, I know. Who, who would that be? Woo! That would be um. That would be uh. You guys, boy. Uh, uh DK. Not, yeah. not our boy. Yeah, DK. Yeah, it'd be a lot of. Can you imagine? She'd be in the. She'd be you're, in the laundry you're, you're all the time. You're missing my cues when I'm trying to like say DK oh. here. Oh man. Oh. D, D to the K. His 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 name sounds like disqualification. Sorry. <laughs> Let's let's take it from the top. <laughs> so who who would she have to uh, pull a frow with? Oh me! <laughs> Good job, good job. The man, the man, the man that's like a uh, a chocolate fountain. <laughs> Do you fondue? <laughs> Never have fondue at uh, DK's Ooh. house. <laughs> Man, secret ingredient. Oh boy, this is just. I, I couldn't make it to the bathroom. Oh, I could only make it to the kitchen, Mom. Oh. <laughs> this episode's already been ruined. Oh, right down the toilet, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Episode ten, day of fierce battle. Can Shiro? Oh wait, no, wrong. Do do do. I'm just kidding. You're already dead. <laughs> 
Okay, so a Yui attack force was on the way over, so now the Diva meets it with the help of their new buddies, the Zalem and the Yuba. But of course, uh, the, the Zalem and the Yuba with their, their wannabe Zakus and things and <laughs> uh, are just garbage and, and can't do anything. Although, Grodek makes pretty good use of their uselessness by having them distract the UE while the actual good suits like the GXs and the Gundam take them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so. and, 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 and the way of distracting them sometimes is actually catching uh, beam, beam shots like in your yes. face and stuff. <laughs> yes, that is, that is a way of distracting them as well. Oh my god. <laughs> and yeah. everything's actually going pretty well, but then the, uh, the Zedos shows up under the control of uh, Little Desil! Hey, mister! Oh. Let's fight! <laughs> Space Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts doing some, some pretty uh, shifty stuff, like um, moving around so fast that he causes the Ayuba and Zalem suits to hit each other to try to get them to fight each other. Mm-hmm. Pretty it clever, almost, actually. It almost works. But then uh, Don Boyage is like, hey, what are you, what are you, what are you chumps doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Flint has to get between them like a referee. <laughs> yes. So things start taking a downward turn there, and Flit he uses the, um, the new wear parts, the, uh, the Spallow. Oh yeah, or AKA Ninja Gundam. Ninja Gundam, <laughs> and he uses it to do a little, a little slice and dice on the Zedos, and force it to retreat. But there's a big ass battleship that's out there, and it's causing problems. So of course that means that uh, Don Boyage has to do a uh, heroic sacrifice by slamming into it and accomplishing nothing. AKA the Oliver. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, I, I I had flashbacks <laughs> of Victory Gundam there. I always think the next episode we'd see a mom or uh, a Flit's mom reincarnated and her head her head lopped off in a in a in a helmet. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it was good to see they put that classic stupidity of uh, second-rate uh, Gundam characters for you know ridiculous sacrifice. I'm I'm gonna do this and then they exalt him for the rest of the uh, rest of the show. Oh man, if I could be like Don Boyage, but he he achieved nothing. <laughs> he, he, he achieved pyrotechnic status. <laughs> Awful. Oh, man. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, he achieves nothing, and then the UE leave, and um, after you know this alliance is formally established, the diva sets off from Fardane finally to head for the colony Minsri, which is where Grodek wants to go because there's no Federation garrison there, and obviously he would like to avoid them if he can. So, comments on this episode? It was a nice introduction for the Spallow, uh, you know, especially when he got Cuisinart on the Zetas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sliced and diced him up and sent, um, sent Homeboy packing. But, um, no, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a very good um, action-packed episode. A, a, lot, a lot of action, not much, uh, in, I guess, in dialogue, save for, like, the... The, the character the extended moments. amount of Boyage's blathering before he dies. Yeah, that's pretty oh, much God. it. His, his monologues throughout the episode, basically. You could see his death coming a mile away. It's like, oh my but... God, hurry up and die for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's so get it can... done. I know so... you're not going to... It's like, you know he's not going to accomplish anything by smashing his crappy Zaku thing into a UE battleship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just hurry up and do your Oliver and, and exit stage left. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
it was it was a nice transitional episode because it's, it's ramping things up for the actual final battle that's coming up but um I, I if i had to give it a rating i'd probably give it about uh three three and a half dk's dk's of course <laughs> yeah i Bring would your wipes uh, oh. Yeah, I would I would say I would say pretty much the same thing. It it was a good episode. It, it shows, you know, the planning that they're doing fighting against the UE and stuff and Grodek, you know, the, uh using um you know the the, uh, the Zalem and the Yuba um to uh you know to kind of distract make it easier for Flit and Wolf and all of them, but yeah, the whole Don Boyage thing. I I was in the same thing that Chris was going. It's like you saw that this guy was toast and it's like he's just sitting here <laughs> He just keeps talking. I was like, "God damn, dude, just die already!" You know, seriously, <laughs> just move on. Just and then and then when you saw him do it, it's like, "Oh boy, that's the most ridiculous thing." And then you know, of course, everybody else is like, "I'll avenge you, Don Boyage. Why are you avenging him? He's the dumbass that did it." You know, <laughs> it's not like he got killed because of um, lack of skill or getting caught up in a firefight. The guy was just stupid. I'm just gonna hit this at the most uh, the, the most armor. Uh, plated area there is that will do the least amount of damage so and then on the dk meter um i'd say about three gallons <laughs> three gallons that's a, that's a lot dude <laughs> Woo! all right well it's three out of five gallons <laughs> that's what it is this week <laughs> so all right uh i enjoyed the debut of the spallow because um i, I think it's the the best of the age one variations you know i like this idea of the high-speed gundam that it's got um something i'm surprised that uh old, old uh setsuna f gundam didn't have that it has extra <laughs> thrusters in the arm to give its sword attacks more power yeah, yeah that's true plus it's just uh like it's got those thin legs and it's so different looking from your typical gundam so that was enjoyable it was also enjoyable seeing uh Desiel's little temper tantrum at the end of the episode when things didn't go his way Oh, I mean, oh, uh, sorry, that was DK. <laughs> the fountains of tears. <laughs> he saw it the tears of time. Typical temper tantrum, <laughs> throwing stuff around in his room. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, oh, you're just such a little shit, aren't you? Just a little bastard we knew he was. <laughs> Indeed. Which brings us to episode 11, oh, Reunion yeah. at Minsri. Mm-hmm. So... In this episode, the crew of the Diva arrives at Minstry, which is a very nice-looking colony, all fancy trees and forests and lakes and pretty things. And they're there to meet some rich gold guy named Alzac Burmings, who is a friend of Voyage's. Oh, yeah. And they're there to plan the attack on Ambat, and they're going to be there for two weeks. And at the same time, uh, Grodek told Vargas that he wants uh, some upgrades to the Diva. Mm-hmm. So they can fight better. So uh, they've decided to use the A system to try to crank out some new weapons for the Diva. And Emily gets the idea to actually be useful and says, hey, we should call up Madorna and have him help us out. Yeah. Ooh. So a nice little moment there when you see Vargas and, and Madorna meeting and, uh, you know, talking shop, all that stuff. Right. And in the meantime... Flit is there in the colony, and guess who he runs across? Good old Urin. Oh, no! <laughs> who uh, is now the adoptive daughter of Birmings. Mm-hmm. So they have your typical little musical montage of, you know, just being all sweet and spending time together, and she's so happy to see him because blah, 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 life, etc., etc. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but, unfortunately, 
there's a chocolate munching fiend from the Federation named Stolar Guavarin who is out to get Grodek and arrest him. <laughs> Guy's straight out of the 70s. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, he does just that, but then Flit saves the day with the Gundam and uh, does a little slice and dice on these Genoases, pulling a little Kira Yamato, cutting off their arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they escape, but an EFF fleet awaits them. Oh my god. Who knew? <laughs> so, comments on this episode. Sobro! Well, um, I, 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 it was, it was, uh, I might as well just call this episode Flit Space Vacation. <laughs> I, I would prefer to call it uh, Death Flag Central. Death Flag. <laughs> <laughs> because this, it is potently obvious what's going to happen after this episode because of all the, all the relationship building that uh, Flit and, uh, and uh, Tifa Jr., uh, they, they, uh, they have together in this episode. They're, they're all, I guess they're fated reunion and, mm-hmm. um, it, it was cool. Faded and fateful. Faded and fateful, absolutely. And uh, just, I, I like the, I like the fact that uh, Grodek got the chance to uh, to amass his resources and, and plan uh, for the and had had time to do it for the uh, the final bat- battle at uh, Space Station Ambat. Those montages were pretty cool, and um, it was just a good transitionary with, with episode. Uh, what's that? With objection. With objection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then at the very end, the um the 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 cool way that they they hijacked those uh, Federation soldiers that came to arrest uh Grodek, that was uh pretty slick of the rest of the team, especially Wolf's part and 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 um and Flit getting the Gundam Age and taking out those Genoases, pretty nice. But a good episode, three star, uh, not three and a half stars. DKs, DKs, yes, yes indeed. Neo. Yeah, if you if you couldn't get enough death in the previous episode, or the you know the, the you know in this one, not necessarily death in it, but you knew like like we just stated that uh, someone's not going to be with us too much longer. <laughs> and um, yeah, the uh, the 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 chocolate eating guy, he was kind of an idiot, but uh, kind of funny in the end. And he actually ends up uh, kind of redeeming himself a little bit in the in the next episode. But mm-hmm. um, you know. After a hard a hard fight, you know, you always need to go to the the vacation colony. So, uh, <laughs> and you know, but it it was definitely it was definitely a, a pretty good episode. I'd say three and a half gallons of DK special sauce, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it was a good substitution because uh, you yeah. notice in this whole first generation they never set foot on Earth not once. So this almost felt like a kind of a, a detour to Earth almost. Well, it makes like, you wonder. Uh, like if Earth is even like really there as a planet that people go to because they talk about how, oh, this is like the most beautiful colony and it's meant to look like how Earth used to. So even though we've seen Earth from space, we've never seen the surface of the planet. So I wonder if it's some kind of like blasted ruin that nobody lives on. Well, I wonder, I wonder we how don't long even it'll... hear about anyone living on Earth so far in, in, uh, in age. But and, and that could be quite the twist since uh, uh, what, what we find out later on about the enemy and what their main goal is. Um, it would be kind of quite cut the twist if they actually uh, make it back to Earth, and um, yeah, and and it's it's a it's a bit of oh, a mess. Don't get ahead of yourself. Oh yeah, true, true. Let me let me let me shut don't up. Don't sobro I'll... yourself. <laughs> Bad enough that you sobro us by jumping the gun. Don't sobro mm-hmm. yourself too. Yeah, let me not yeah. do that. That would that would and, just be. And for a guy that always hates doing spoilers or hearing spoilers, oh. he just about pretty much spoiled the last <laughs> episodes of this generation. <laughs> So, Before you uh, get to them, yeah, Woo! we still have a couple more episodes to get. But yeah, I, I, I like I said, uh, you know, like I had stated earlier, I think it was it was a great change of pace, and you know, it's definitely going to uh, help for the heartstring tugging that's coming up here shortly. So, mm-hmm. 
I definitely thought this was sort of a transitional episode, like just tying up all these knots of, you know, we've been talking about doing this battle of attacking the UE, and now all of the pieces are finally in place. And it was nice to see uh, Urin again, because I, so, I like the chemistry that she and, and Flit have, which is obviously more than, than Emily. Oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, I call it like I see it. Hey, yeah. em- em- Emily and Flit got that uh, Camille Fa thing going. Awesome. <laughs> so that brings us to episode 12 the rebels set sail which picks up immediately from the last one and uh right as the diva is leaving from minstry it's uh being closed in by three federation battle cruisers and um they're commanded by stoller mr chocolate mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> once, once poppy can't stop you know that's pringles but it's applicable here and of course, he basically tells Grodek to surrender, and Grodek's like, "Nah, I gotta go fight the UE." Because uh, you know, you know. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a pretty good scene. It's just like, uh, no, I'm not gonna do this. I gotta go fight these guys. So if you you're gonna stand in our way, that's fine. We'll take you out too. Yeah. And Adams tries to appeal to like, "Hey, why don't you help us out?" And mm-hmm. yeah. Solar's like, "Nah, man, I, I got my orders." <laughs> so then it's a little tricky. He uh, throws out some uh, some flash missiles to blind everyone on the Diva. And as soon as the uh, the light clears away, you've got Genoases blocking the uh, mobile suit launch hatches and one with its gun pointed right at the bridge. Yep. Yes. The good old classic gun on the bridge scene. Oh, man. Where's Kara when we need him? Or Moo. Yeah, that's true. So he, uh, it's like, he's like, ah, I got this. And so he, he shows some, some adaptability. And then Grotus like, oh, yeah? Hey, uh, Zalman Yuba, give us a hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Calls in the strikers. Like, everyone on the bridge wonders if Grodek's been outplayed, and it's like, no, he hasn't even started yet. Oh, man. So just as you've got this battle that's about to happen between these two sides, you know, Federation ship versus Federation ships, the UE show up, and then uh, the, the D.Va works with uh, Stoller's ships to uh, blast the UE away and actually cause some damage and forces them to retreat, and Solar's like, uh, yeah, um, the diva escaped during the confusion of the UE attack, that is all. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. Don't laugh on the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) The men are watching. (laughs) Oh, man. And then, at the end of the episode, uh, a certain little red-haired bastard comes to Mincery and is uh, is threatening Euron. He's like, he's like, hey, or come with us. Oh, yeah. Because uh, we've now had discussion of X-Rounders and, uh, you know, yes. the, the new type. That's the name for the new typish powers that Flit is starting to uh, exhibit. And Grodek tells him, like, oh, it's the unused region of the brain, the X region, and people who use it are X-Rounders. You know, so he knows that, that Desil has that power and uh, that Urine has that power. And now Desil has come for her. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> For the power? The touch. The touch. Oh. <laughs> New types first class. <laughs> so, Neo, your, your comments on this episode. Well, if uh, you didn't think Grodek was cool already, he really shot up the, 
oh, yeah. he, sh- he shot up the scale on this one because yeah the, the whole situation it's like oh no we're surrounded and then like you said he's like, he's like no now the odds are even you're like what the f- is he talking about yeah <laughs> Adam's there is like almost about ready to turn turn coat on him and you know oh you know we're, we're part of the federation you should not be shooting at us and then the Grodek's like yeah well now everything's even and uh, yeah like you said the Zalm and the Ulam they come in and and take care of stuff and um you know we get the good old uh get the good old oh we're gonna ban forces now for the greater good to fight the ue rich uh with some good stuff and then you know like they said that guy uh mr chocolate there definitely uh redeems himself at the end with the old uh, yeah i think we lost <laughs> in the old confusion of everything sure <laughs> but, uh, yeah that's it that's the that's ticket it. yeah i think they were like they got real bright with the, with the lights. And the <laughs> he, he turns into Bill Cosby. <laughs> you know, it's not Bill Cosby, Sil Cosby. Sil Cosby, that's right, man. What was I thinking? Yeah, you don't want the Black Crusaders after us. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, uh, a de- definitely a good setup episode because you know we see this is going to be uh, final battle time. Oh so. yeah. Uh, definitely the the classic in any of these uh, robot shows and, and most shows in general where you have that great uh, a great um, a great setup and uh, definitely got me excited about wanting to see the remainder of the generation mm-hmm. uh, the remaining episodes of the generation especially with the whole X rounder stuff and you're like oh okay what's gonna go on and then you, you definitely knew that oh man uh, I think uh, we might be seeing something that we've seen before huh love interest. <laughs> Love interest being uh, manipulated into some large, uh, large machine that's got arms and legs to do someone else's bidding. Uh, never seen that before. Unreal, but, dude. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'd, I'd give it a, a three, a three and a half, three and a half DKs. Yeah, because there you go, man. Yeah, it's uh, actually I'd probably get a three, three and three quarters DKs. It was, it was, it was, it was a diaper filler. It was. A, <laughs> So it's time to change those depends. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was good to see the old space Mexican standoff in this episode, man. I was wondering when it was going to happen. And then it turned into a nice little three way halfway through. And uh, I, to see Grodek take on Captain Hershey, man, that was freaking uh, it was it was all right to see Grodek was always one step ahead of that guy. And on top of that, with the confusion from the 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 uh, the UE stepping in he used that to his advantage and just barreled on through i it was just an exhilarating episode especially with all the all the developments happening and and the little the little kidnapping towards the end of uh of uh of of, i love love to call it tifa jr but um (laughs) but yeah good episode i i gotta say i really enjoyed it i'll probably end up giving it four dks four dks you're welcome all right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, episode 13, Space Fortress Ambats. Oh man. So finally, we uh we get to what we've been waiting for for so long, this attack on the UE's home base. So everything um just starts going into motion here. Everyone starts attacking and uh thankfully the Zalom and the Euba are not going to be cut to shreds because they've been outfitted with uh Dodds guns. Yep. Ooh. So they can actually fight now. Nice. And and poor Largan finally gets to fight because his Genoese gets one of these. So now he can actually shoot stuff and not just be a, a beating post. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a pinata. A yeah, so he's, he's like, he's the Yui pinata. They just keep beating him up over and over again. I mean, 
this guy has just been so screwed since the beginning of the series from episode one when he got spawn camped. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he got shot in the foot from day one. <laughs> you know, so it's good that he's like, and he's aware. He's like, I can fight too now, finally. I can do it. <laughs> good stuff. So, so uh, some interesting things happening here in this first first uh, phase of the battle. Uh, Flit goes nuts with his X-Rounder power and just starts slicing and dicing tons of grunts with, uh, with the Spallow. Mm-hmm. And a uh, big giant mothership comes out that uh, was the one we saw way back in Episode 4, but now we know it's called the Fabos. And the Diva finally gets to show off its new Photon Blaster Cannon, which requires that it turns into White Base. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm turning into White Base. Uh, <laughs> yes. I knew someone was going to say that. Oh. And in case you didn't get the white race reference well enough, uh, Yark Dole slash Girazoi says, oh, it is indeed a Trojan horse. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, see what you did there. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> so the Diva fires its new cannon, which is so powerful that it destroys this giant mothership. Mm-hmm. and a small little battleship starts to break off from it and is on a suicide course with the diva. So Rakt wants to commit his own heroic sacrifice, like Boyage, but mm-hmm. before he's able to, uh, the little battleship gets blasted by a giant cannon carried by Madorna in a custom red Shaldol. Mm-hmm. And uh, Flit lectures... Rack that he shouldn't keep trying to die so hard. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it was nice that they had actually had a uh, a change of pace with that whole thing. <laughs> we we thought his number was up next. Yeah, and, and, yeah, especially uh, the the fact that you're going to just die stupidly. Yeah, uh, he was just going to. Yeah, it was just going to be ridiculous. You you can always fix your suit. You know, yeah. <laughs> pilots we can't replace. We can replace machines, but pilots we can't replace. So, yeah, it was it was nice they kind of broke that whole stupidness. And then at the end, we see uh, Desil suiting up to fight in the Zedas, and right nearby him, poor little Urin, dressed Ooh. up in a suit against her will and uh, being held there. So probably decaying all over. So possibly. So yeah. soul bro, man, um, very dramatic episode. You know, it's it's just the icing on the cake. Uh, icing on the cake. This episode with the, the struggles they're going to be going through for the next couple. But, uh, yeah, it's a great way to get the party started when, go, when going to the, the Space Fortress Ambat. And um, it just, it, 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 to me, um, it's a transitional episode, I guess. Uh, is everything a transitional episode Yeah, for you? Yeah, well, well, it's, it's just a transitional episode, dude. It is the third act of this arc, but it's the, the beginning of that. But uh, dude, It's the beginning of the final battle. Yeah. Last episode was a transitional, transitional episode. episode. This is not a transitional episode. Well, I mean, to, to the real hardcore shit that's going to happen next episode, it is. <laughs> How would it transition? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, okay, yeah. It, it's, this, it's the start of the final, the final, the final battle, so yeah. You've been it's, reading uh, movie critiquing for dummies or something? Yeah, uh, maybe. Everything's maybe, a transitional episode. Maybe. Uh, but uh, it was just, it was a lot of, lot of explosions, a lot of fighting, and uh, a, a lot so of good explosions? shit happening. Yeah, and it, that, it was, then it's not transitional. There's already yeah. lots of explosions. Yes. Well, you, well, all right then. <laughs> it was good to see Largan get some and Rack not to throw his life away like an idiot, Mister um, Highlights himself. But because um, he's going to probably end up being a pretty useful cat uh, later on down the line, hopefully still around in the second generation, since we don't know yet. But uh, yeah, it was it was a cool episode. Uh, in long story short, I, I'd give it a four stars. Four stars. All right, uh, Neo. 
Uh, well, I disagree. I don't think it's a transitional episode. I think it's the beginning of the final battle that's going to be mm-hmm. stretched over the last three episodes of this generation. So, but um, how incisive? Yeah. yeah. Well, then, Jeez. that was on page thirteen. Um, <laughs> no, uh, definitely. Um, what I liked about this is you started feeling the intensity of the battle. You know, uh, gun and final battles they always have they always have intensity to them, except yeah. for destiny but um you know there's always some type of intensity going on and you can definitely see this and you can definitely see i like the way that at this point now you know flit's always been a very headstrong kid and always you know had his eye on the prize at the end of everything but you see that um you know there's a change to him but it's not the big drastic change that we've always seen with these kids where, you know, they, they start off and they're always the pussy and they don't want this and they're just a whiny little bitch like Armour or Camille. Oh. And then that, and then at the end, they're always like a, a mindless killing machine. Um, you know, at least we can still see that he's still got a little bit of that, but he really is just so dedicated. And the, the talk that he had with Raddick was cool. I, you know, I thought that, that was one of the, the cooler things that you can have because it's so easy just to have these guys just go off and die stupidly and, you know, just to kill somebody just to, um, you know, to increase a death count or something like that. Because as we see, the guy is pretty skilled out there. Oh, yeah. So he, uh, he's got he's like he's like Makuve in this world <laughs> with his little fencing mech. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, but. It's um, it, it was definitely some good stuff, and you can you know as we just keep getting for like the last two or three episodes, where it's just the, the heartstrings where you keep seeing urine towards the end of these last two episodes, and it's like oh, <laughs> man, you you just know it's coming, and it, ooh. It, ooh, this is gonna be this is gonna be some uh, bad stuff, but um, I'd uh, I'd I'd second uh, four gallons of DK, sweet, and um, you know so that's a. So mm-hmm. there we go. Audible. All right. So <laughs> it's interesting about this episode is, you know, it obviously has the feel of being like a Gundam final battle, mm-hmm. yet it's only a third of the way into the series. Yeah, there's yeah. little shades of a Baoku here. Yeah, definitely some shades of a Baoku. And like I said, it's nice to see all of the grunts be able to fight mm-hmm. so they can actually defend themselves and, and take out some some enemies. Uh Flitz just going buck wild uh, using yeah. his X-Rounder powers. Yes, sir. <laughs> and using that Spallow to full effect. And, uh, you know, even though it was a, a very obvious reference, it was nice to see uh, the D.Va transform and actually do something because we haven't really seen the D.Va do anything other than just be a, a space bus mm-hmm. yeah. up to now. And honestly, I, I like it. Look, It looks better this way. I, I want it yes. to stay like in that mode forever. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bother going back to the other mode. Just stay in assault landing mode. Yeah, it it, it, it did look really cool, and I, I love the fact that, like you said, they um, they break out the whole thing of calling in a Trojan horse, and just the fact that it's assault landing mode. That's just such another mod uh, homage to white base because that's yeah. what um, the the, the Pegasus class. Yeah, assault landing. So that was just really cool. <laughs> Which brings us to episode fourteen. A flash of sorrow. My God. So the battle continues, and uh, Urine is being strapped inside the cockpit of this mobile suit, the Farsia, mm-hmm. and uh, literally being strapped in, like just being lo- her hands like locked in place in the controls. And as the battle is continuing outside, Flit hears Desil's voice. He runs off to investigate. 
and he finds Desil waiting for him in the Zedas, and Desil's like in full crazy mode, you know, with the <laughs> usual uh, back and forth dialogue of "Why are you doing this?" Because this is a game, and you gotta play the game until somebody dies. <laughs> oh, freaking maniac kid! <laughs> yeah, and then he brings out the Farsia, and Flit uh, finds out instantly that urine is inside of it. Ooh, man. And he's asking her, like, what is she doing there? And, and uh, tells him, like, oh, they told me I'd never see you again, and blah, blah, blah. And then Desiel's like, hey, look at me, use my toy! <laughs> and he proceeds to just go into absolute dick mode by saying that, um, you know, X-Rounders, their abilities resonate off of each other and increase power. So basically, he just has urine strapped into that suit as um, battery, a part, yeah. and that she serves no function other than that, and she's not even a person to him, just a toy to play with. Man. The mm. goal. Yeah. So uh, things start getting hairy because the Farsia has funnels, flower-shaped funnels coming from a pink <laughs> mobile suit. We'll get to that later. Woo! And, uh, you know, he's got to deal with Desil attacking him with the Zedas, which is obviously a powerful, fast-moving suit, and he's got to deal with, you know, the attack from the back, by the Farsia's bits, uh, funnels, which are also under Desiel's control. Mm-hmm. So he tries to uh, do a, a finishing move on, uh, on Flit, but Flit, uh, he guard cancels at the last second nice. by using his uh, <laughs> X-Rounder power to just sort of like maneuver through the very narrow space between the beams and get out of there, which is a really nice little moment. Hell yes. And then Desiel's like, oh, we'll do it again! And he rushes in to make the killing blow with his sword, but then the Farsia steps in the way and takes the sword right through the gut. Oh. Man, Lala, what are you doing? I mean, uh, <laughs> you're in. What? And then we have a, a very sad moment where uh, Flit and Urin see themselves out in the forest, and she's talking about how she wanted to see him again and be with him forever, and how she wanted to keep on living, and blah, 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 blah. Ooh. Life is hard, and boom. Damn, son. And then as soon as that happens... <laughs> Flit opens up a can of crazy. Yes. <laughs> and Ninja Gundam becomes Rape Gundam. No lube. No, no lube. lube. And he just starts tearing the Zedas to pieces. Damn, son. Prison rape. And uh, by the time he's done and, and he's sent the Zedas to cell block D, <laughs> uh, Desiel is like all freaked out. He's like, I didn't lose. I didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets kicked off just floating away in space in his uh, damaged crap. Oh, man. But Flit is not done yet because um, even though the Titus, I mean, the Spallow has been smashed up, he's still fighting. And Grodek's like, hey, man, give, a, give us a hand with the door. <laughs> so he switches in mid-battle to the Titus parts mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> does one of the coolest things of this arc where he uh, removes the limiters from the Titus and he activates all of the beam weapons, the knees, the shoulders, the chakrams, Dude. and he literally plows through a whole row of gaffers, and they just are smashed to pieces. <laughs> Flit is not giving a damn. Basically, he's like just doing Hulk smash. Yeah. <laughs> he's and in berserker mode. He goes up to the, uh, to the big giant gate, the main gate of Ambat, and he starts prying open with the Titus, He's just got so much rage in him that he rips it open at the cost of the uh, the arms and legs of the Titus blowing up. Mm-hmm. And then 
without saying a word to even anyone and just ignoring everyone, he goes back to the ship, switches to the normal, and goes out to fight again. While, uh, meanwhile, Girozoi starts suiting up to get into the not big Zam, a giant mobile <laughs> called the DeForce. What's the DeForce is mass produced? So, <laughs> so bro, uh, what did you think of this transitional episode? Uh, <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are killers. Um, this episode is definitely all I can say is cue the heartstrings because they're getting pulled this up. <laughs> the uh, the confrontation between uh, Dessel and and Flit and uh, Urine in between it was it was definitely um it was definitely high stakes. You can you could definitely see the outcome of that fight coming. But I, I did like some aspects of it, like the fact that Flit didn't kill her. He was doing his best not to, and it turned out to be Dessel just used her up and decided to just plow right through her as a ploy to get to uh or to, he just ended up doing so because she decided to defend flit knowing that um he was handicapped in that fight um i i love the uh the 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 interaction between flit and uh urine in the in the, i guess that other space where she talks about the fact that she doesn't want to die and she thought she was gonna have the rest of her life with flit it reminded me of uh wolfwood's death in trigon because he helps he had the same kind of uh realization when he was dying on the pulpit he didn't want to die and then you know his death came and uh, that's uh, that could speak to a whole lot of people you know that when their time comes earlier than expected that you know they have those regrets uh, it was it was it was uh, sad to see that in her and and how it affected flit but then flit unloaded <laughs> he lost his mind and just raped Dessel. i thought i was watching an episode of oz on hbo <laughs> the rape was so bad but uh yeah this episode was 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 definitely one of the best in the series, and if I was to rate it, I'd give it four and a half DKs. Neil? Well, um... You say much... if you were to rate it, but you just did. I, I did, I did. To give yeah, it a rating, I, four and a I, half DKs. You're I was welcome. actually waiting for Chris to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for the ridicule to happen. There you, uh, there you go. Every, all... every episode. <laughs> hey, man. You make it so easy. Hey, I'll, yeah. make it, I'll leave myself open, man. That's, that's not that's us. Me. That's me. Um, yes, in this Continue. transitional episode, yeah. um, <laughs> where they transition the the only transition I saw was uh, uh, was a uh, freaking Flitz rage going from uh, a ten to twelve, and that and, sword going through Urine's mech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely a a heart pull, a heartstring puller there, but. You you can definitely feel the rage. You can feel uh, Flit's rage, and I love the fact that he goes nut. He goes freaking buck wild, but he still is very controlled in his fighting style and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just um, you know the fact that he's really putting it all on the line. I mean, I get I get a sense with him. It, you know, we've we've always had this where in these final battles, the main characters they always um, you know they're always pulling out the stops. But this time, it really seems that this guy is going to go for broke. Like he oh, yeah. he probably actually feels that he is not going to live out of this because the fact that he just unlimits the freaking uh, the age and is just like going is freaking raping all those people and then destroying the um, the Titus uh, additions and stuff. I mean, it is it is it is some pretty intense stuff, and I'd have to say on my scale, I'd put it at probably a five. Uh, I thought this is a very good episode. I thought it, um, you know, anybody, 
all, all those douchebags that said months ago and over over a year ago <laughs> saying that this was going to be some kitty Digimon Gundam and stuff. Yeah, if you're still thinking it at this point, you're a freaking idiot. Yeah. Um, I mean, because this this kid is this kid has gone up with his rage and the fact of how much that he wants to defeat these people and how singularly focused he is and the fact that it, even though um, urine was kind of the linchpin to have him go crazy, he's still wanting to do this to end the war and to stop other people from getting hurt. Where a lot of times in the Gundam shows, the pilot at this point, they're still trying to do this stuff for their own self-serving reasons. In this fact, you just don't get it with him anymore. And um, yeah, I was, I couldn't, I, I was like, man, I got to wait another week for the end of this. It's like, because <laughs> I, I, I was, I was looking forward to what was going to be coming up and, and, and what we're going to be seeing here shortly. So, um, you know, on, on the DK factor, man, uh, DK, DK probably filled up uh, boxes, boxes of, uh, of diapers on this, this one. That's a full toilet, son. Oh. <laughs> Did, did, did he upper deck it? Oh, uh, yep. Somebody get the plunger. I don't know if plungers can help you with upper decking. Oh, man. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Ooh, but, man. Um, yeah, I, 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 think it's, uh, I think it's some pretty good stuff and um, definitely was a great part of seeing the final battle. And, and the fact of... Uh, you know, we've seen we've seen the situation before where the Gundam pilot and the love interest dies and they have new typey naked X rounder space, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think with this one, it was a little bit more poignant because of the because of the speech that she had. The yeah. fact that she just was like, I thought I would be able to have a longer life and I could maybe have some time with you. I was like, wow, that's a lot deeper than some of these other um you know these these other love interests have said before so and you could see the mental scarring happening at that moment to flit you could just see it on his face it was just man it was it was a moment to remember well you, you it's sort of the um the hour i put it for him of like you know what 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 kind of a savior am i if i couldn't even save her yeah exactly. absolutely the one the one the, mo- the one person he wanted to protect the most he couldn't so the thing for me at this episode is you know, it's it's a reverse Lala, and even though we've seen this situation happen many times, mm-hmm. I think the way they did it in Age is really effective because even with Lala, for all of you know, that's an iconic moment in anime. Just that whole thing of when she sacrifices herself, and you know, just that shot of the Gundam stabbing the Elmeth, and you know, that whole new type space thing. Even though that's all very poignant and well done, there's a big difference in terms of the characters because Lala. You know, for all of the like sort of gentle person that she was and kind of hippie and all that, she was a willing participant in in the war. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Yorin uh, has been established, she's just you know this really sweet girl. She's mm-hmm. been uh, put into this terrible situation because she lost her family, just like uh, Flit. Flit did, and he was like her knight in shining armor who rescued her. So of course she would be drawn to him, mm-hmm. and she's been forced to literally fight just because she has this one special ability that the enemy wants, and that makes her death all the more tragic because she really is an innocent. She was played like an unwilling pawn, pretty much. and Yeah, she was just used as, you know, like uh, parts for a machine, kind of like uh, the way I compared it in my review was uh, when uh, 
in G Gundam, Ulube stuck Rain inside the Devil yeah. Gundam. Yep. It's like you're just you're just a piece of of machinery to further my ambitions. You mean nothing to me. Yeah. You're a component. You're a component, yeah, you're just a component for me. Yep. And yeah, I, it's like I said, I, I I feel the same way because it it does the the connection between these two, and then you know just the fact that she was so unwilling. Uh, you know, to be in that suit, and you know, it it made that whole uh, out of body experience uh, that much more powerful. So, also because you know, in some other series, you know, when we have these deaths of the female love interest, at the time that they die, they're just babbling crazy people. Yeah, like a certain show that shall not be mentioned. <laughs> you know, that character is just a babbling crazy person that. I never felt any connection to, any sympathy for, and definitely had no real connection with main character of said show that shall not be mentioned. Right. <laughs> the show that re- should remain nameless. <laughs> and, and that death had absolutely zero impact on me. Yeah, that's true. You know, then there was its predecessor, another show where, where someone uh, died, and it also really had much no impact on me because, like, you're just a crazy bitch through most of the show, and uh, you... <laughs> Sort of, in a way, got what you deserved. <laughs> oh, damn. It was a little sad, but not, not that sad. I felt sadder for the people who were on board that ship with her. <laughs> so, yeah, especially in that instance, because yeah. she was... It's <laughs> just, just, just to get her, to get her, you know, get her ass out of the fire, so caught up with you. So I think, uh, I think this death was one of the more effective ones, because she really is one of the few, like, true innocents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not a mobile suit pilot. She's just a civilian. She's not someone who's being experimented on and, and just is Looney Tunes. She's just a completely innocent person that got dragged in uh, against her will. Now, I do want to say something here mm-hmm. before we move on to the last episode. Oh. Bandai, what is it with pink mobile suits for girls? Yeah. <laughs> let's, Seriously. Let's, let's stop it already. I, I mean, mean, is this like the 1960s? <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay, so you have in Destiny. Oops, I said it. Oh, oh, crap. You have that. that. Yeah, you have that pink Zaku that is like basically a stage prop for for Mir's concerts. Mm-hmm. And woe is to that poor pilot who actually had to launch in the final battle in that suit. Because. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's got to be the most embarrassing way to die. We also, <laughs> we also can't forget about the Strike Rouge. <laughs> yeah, and the Strike Rouge. Like, oh, gee, it's used by a girl. Let's shift its colors to pink. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Double O with the Tear and Towsy. Mm-hmm. And Soma. Like, oh, here's a, like, crazy special girl. Let's put her in a pink suit. Freaking pointless. <laughs> <laughs> now we move on to the Farsia in age, and lo and behold, it's a pink suit. Yeah. Yeah. If, they're, if they're trying to attract women gunpla builders, they're already attracted to the to the scene already because of the suits that exist. They're not going to go flock into some kind of pink uh, mobile suit that's out there. There's not you, you, Bandai, stop trying to make it just for them because they're already into the scene. They don't need any kind of extra well, incentive. If you want to attract female gunpla builders, just make more bear guys. That's already done a good enough job. There you go. Yeah. Just make a whole line of bear guy adventures. See, I'm, even, I'm even spinning this to you, Bandai. I'm giving you the content. You know, you just have the adventures of bear guy and his friends, and it could be a team because you have in like gunpla builders... Uh, D and J, you have even more variations. You have a sort of like goth lolly bear guy. Yeah. <laughs> you have uh, a Nia guy. You have, uh, you know, all this other wacky stuff. So 
Bear Guy, that's the way to go. You've already sold tons of that kit. You don't have yeah. to pollute the main shows with um, you know, your female pandering. You can reach them in other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Or with the old I traditional could. character goods. Yeah, it is, um, it is a little stupid. And it, I mean, it's just, it's just one of these things where it's just kind of tiresome. And let's be honest, it doesn't make any military sense in any way, shape, or form. Well, what I want to know is, um, okay, so presumably uh, Desil was drawn to urine because he sensed her X-rounder ability because they were in the area. What right. if upon discovering her, you know, she was actually a dude? Yeah. Ooh. Would, would they have put him in, in a pink mobile suit? <laughs> like, here. Dude, you have to pilot this mobile suit, but uh, it, it it only comes in pink. Uh, no, I'd rather just go out there with um with a with a sidearm. <laughs> <laughs> so, that brings us to episode fifteen, the last episode of Generation One. Those tears fall in space, and those tears are the tears of time. No doubt, we finally get to see them. <laughs> so. The battle is still continuing, and now the diva has entered Ambat, and Grodek leads a ground assault team into the interior of the fortress. And at the same time, Flit comes under attack by Girozoi and the Defers, the the not the not Zam. Mm-hmm. And uh, Flit's just like just bonkers because you know he's like, "Why did Jiren have to die?" and uh, Gears like, who cares about one sacrifice? That means nothing compared to my people. Blah, 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 blah. And it's a very fierce battle, mm-hmm. as evidenced by the fact that um, when Gira abandons his suit and goes on foot, it's just a great moment here that um, he, he goes into the hallway and escapes, and Flit immediately stabs the hallway with his beam saber oh to blow my, it open. Wow, what a great moment that was. <laughs> and, and you know what? When you look at it, it's not that he's trying to get the door open. He no. was really trying to catch that dude. <laughs> anyway, he was pissed. No holes barred, son. <laughs> so, so then he chases uh, Gira on foot, shooting at him with a handgun. Yep. Yeah. Which I'm sure the NRA would be very proud of. <laughs> Yam started young. Shoot early, shoot often. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like hold dead hands. <laughs> so it all culminates uh, with everyone meeting in the Space Fortress's control room, where now that he's cornered, Gira lifts the curtain of secrecy and unveils everything. Yes. So finally we find out that the UE, they're not aliens. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gira actually laughs at that, like, what, did you think we were space monsters? <laughs> he reveals that, was, that they that are. That cool. <laughs> they are indeed pissed off humans from another planet. Yep. <clears throat> Which I called it. I, yeah. said it was, I said it was an Adesco, and I said that because of the fact that people in the story assumed they were aliens, that almost certainly guaranteed that they wouldn't be. Exactly. They want you to think that from the get-go. So we find out that 150 years ago, the Federation launched a colonization plan of Mars and sent off all of these colonists who built space colonies and colonized the planet. But unfortunately, uh, the atmosphere there, the, the Mars rays, magnetic stuff, it poisoned them and killed 20% of the population. Mm-hmm. But rather than try to do something about it, the Federation just basically abandoned them there and told everyone back in the Earth's sphere that uh, all the Martian colonists died. Wow. Sounds like uh, Serenity. <laughs> Pretty much. They, they pulled the Serenity. Yeah. <laughs> and they covered it up. 
And this is uh, what Grodek was saying earlier about, uh, you know, the Federation covering up the true identity of the UE. Mm-hmm. So as a result of this, the Martians, they banded together. They persevered despite uh, all of the death and the suffering. And they established a new nation called Vagan. Mm-hmm. And they've now dedicated themselves to getting revenge upon the Federation and coming back to Earth. And basically, Girazoi and his forces are, I guess, sort of just sort of the vanguard of a much larger plot. Damn. So he, uh, he turns on the self-destruct button and Grodek shoots him. Oh, of course. <laughs> before Flit gets the chance to, which creates an awesome moment when um, his young son comes in and he oh, sees his dad oh, oh. dead. Grodek just tells him straight, like, hey, my name is Grodek Inoya, and I killed your father. And you will live a tragic life haunted by the ghost of revenge. <laughs> and if you feel real salty about it, you can come find me. <laughs> it say when that, you go, no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like he's just matter-of-factly telling this kid, like, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you have, I have now become what I was fighting against, mm-hmm. and you have become me. And here's my address. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not really. But <laughs> everyone escapes. As Ambot explodes, and yay, the battle is won. Or mm-hmm. is it? Oh. Because then, as we find out from a little uh, post-battle narration by Malace, nothing good came of every anything. Nope. So the Federation, they court-martial Grodek. He takes the blame for everything and says that he forced the crew to do what he, do what he wanted. So rather than hail him as a hero for dealing the first actual defeat to the ue mm-hmm. they lock him up as a traitor they hide the truth about the ue from the public and then on top of that they take the credit for the victory man as though it was something they did on their own as an official operation they basically treat him like hannibal from the a-team just toss him away <laughs> in the stockade <laughs> Poor and guy. then uh as the episode ends we see mars sending out another ship out to the earth sphere and that's the end of the first generation. So, Sobro, your comments on this episode. And that's then the- just this episode, because then after that, we'll wrap up with comments on the first generation overall. Oh, ho. well, um, yeah, it, this, this it's a nice curtain close to uh, this generation. And this episode really does lay the heavy shit on you <laughs> with the Wizard of Oz moment with uh, with Yark Dole as he reveals everything. Even the fact that he was at the uh, the colony that um, got destroyed, that were Flit and uh, Grodek lost their families. Well, he was split, a, that, that, oh yeah, that was, oh that was, was Grodek. Yeah, Grodek. It was another incident. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I, I misconstrued that. But uh, yeah, he was pretty much responsible uh, for that assault, and um, the sh- the shit was personal. It was personal. Although you know, Yark pushed it off like it didn't matter. It's like, well, think about the atrocities to my people. It's like, dude, you're just continuing the cycle of violence, which is interesting to see here because it still continues, and it, the seed gets planted in Yark Dole's son. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the further generations. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very strong episode and probably the best episode in the series to me, uh, especially with just Flit's rage and just a lot of things coming to fruition. And um, I, I got to give this episode five stars easily. All right, uh, Neil. Well, I mean, where do you begin? Uh, like you said, uh, the biggest thing is, yes, the uh, the big reveal of who the UE is or are. And uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it, it, it's one of these situations where 
um, you know, it, it just brings out, it just kind of validates more of that reason that, uh, you know, more of that feeling that of um, Grodek has of not trusting the Federation. And I think it just validates it with everybody, especially with Flit saying, you know what, this guy's been right the whole time, and mm-hmm. this is just a horrible, horrible thing. Now, you know, like you had stated earlier, the fact of the rage of Flit going, I mean, I... I don't know if I've seen some of the past Gundam pilots be that pissed off. I mean, the the fact well, we've that seen was, it, we've seen it like uh, in Double O when Lock On yeah. One went crazy on Ali, but his was blind rage, and he ended up screwing up, and that cost him his own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but this one, just the fact. I mean, that that scene of like you know we had commented earlier where he's just plugging the freaking. Um, the beam saver through that door. It's like he was trying to catch catch him yeah. <laughs> with that thing. He was trying to do. He was trying to do the old USO, um, you know, pop with pop him with the uh, no doubt <laughs> with the uh, with the beam saver. The old USO barbecue. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and and then just the uh, just the fact of um, you know the the whole scene of with Grodek. And, you know, telling it to the young son there that, you know, hey, I'm the guy that did this and you're going to have a sh- crappy life because of this. Yeah. And uh, I'd have to say maybe maybe we should just probably uh, talk about this later on at the at the closing comments of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does this put old Grodek in the, the Legion of Captains? Ooh. I, I say it puts him in legendary tier even beyond the Eternal Captain, Eternal Captain. because, yeah. you know, bright as awesome of a captain as he is and he will always be the eternal captain he never lost his family even though his son's a useless dick no doubt yeah no doubt you know and he he rebelled against the federation by joining the Ayuk, but he he managed to get away from that scot-free and welcome back into the fold Mm -hmm. as a hero yep he's he's in he's in the same status to me as jameel neat uh, a man with tragic with a tragic background and you know he's fueled by what happened to him in his past almost you know to to a level with, with Jamil, he healed from it. But with Grodek, even though he found resolution in, in in what he did, it's it's marred by a little bit of tragedy. And and it, that that you can see that in his eyes when he talks to that child and tells him, "It's like, look, you know, now you're gonna have to deal with this grief just like I did." And you know, it's not a happy ending for him, especially with him rotting in jail right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's the worst possible ending because mm-hmm. it shows how stand up of a guy he is. Because he could have just run away if he wanted to, but then he would have left the whole crew in the lurch and answerable yeah. to the Federation. So he exactly. took all of that upon himself and took all of the blame and did it with a smile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got his. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it 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 just validated the whole thing where. Once he, once he, you know, and he had made the comment, once he lost his family, you know, he lost kind of the will to live or can kind of go on except for taking out the UE. I mean, that was his, his ultimate goal. And, you know, the fact that he was able to take the blame for everything and willingly took it. And, I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a very big thing. I mean, you, you wonder how many of these, these people would do something like that. I mean, even the eternal captain. Would the eternal captain do something like that? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he was never really put in that, you know, situation. Well, yeah. it's like, you know, the, the thing with uh, the difference is that, you know, everyone in the world knew about the Titans atrocities. That wasn't like yeah. mm-hmm. uber secret. But the Federation and Age has done such a good job hiding the whole Martian thing, the UE thing. They've got like massive levels of information control. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going on. Yep. So there's no public case for Grodek to really make. And basically, 
what sucks for him is he's paying for the sins of the entire federation and its corruption. Yes. And, 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 and he's not getting the credit for defeating the UE that he should, whereas the federation's taken, Hey, it's us. Look what we were able to do. We're the ones that did this. Aren't we the greatest? And it's like, uh, you know, it, it's just so dirty. <laughs> if, the, if, if this show, so if this show was as elementary as people trying to make it out to be, then there would have been, you know, some kind of happy resolution for him. But you know, this show is kind of a real life slant that sometimes, you know, when there's justice, there is no justice. And you and, can do you can do the right thing and still be punished for it. Yes, absolutely. And if anything, uh, the Federation's actions after this episode. It completely validates every single thing that Grodek said about how useless and corrupt they are. On top of that, what, what's the name of the, 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 his first officer? Actually, I might be wrong about that, but the, the operator, the female operator. Who, Malace. Uh, Malace, thank nice. you. Where she writes the, uh, pretty much the report and the truth about what happened. You know, she, she pretty much holds that you know, within her, and she was a witness to all these events. So you know, her still serving in the military, you know, she's going to you know, hopefully make an impact towards the truth later on. But... I don't know. It's 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 pretty interesting with this this last episode ends up. So to wrap up this segment, comments on Generation One as a whole. I'd I'd like to talk about the music for a moment because we we haven't talked about that at all. I, the no. score the score in the show is amazing. I, I can't wait to get the my, I can't wait to get my hands on the soundtrack. You know the, the my my pre order. <laughs> but oh, your 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 pre order is already out. Oh, is it really? Oh, oh snap! Yeah. Well, it's time for me to get on top of that. But um, yeah, especially the intro, the the the, the OP for this season. Uh, it's it's a real catchy song, and I never skipped it once when uh when 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 watching the episodes. I, it to me had the, kind of the, that funky vibe to it that I've never heard in a Gundam theme before, and um even the um the ED was 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 pretty strong. But yeah, I just I I, I loved all the music in this series. I thought it was excellent. I wish I knew the name of the composer. I should have looked that up. Um, I don't know. I necessarily agree. I think it's a good soundtrack, but it's not mm-hmm. amazing. I like the soundtrack of Double O much more, but mm-hmm. they, and that's Kenji Kawai, so that, that's a hard act to follow. Yeah, that's true. The, the composer is in this show is Kei Yoshikawa, and some of the dramatic themes towards the last episodes of Generation One is what really sold me on the soundtrack. I I was kind of neutral about it. I didn't, and I pretty much after the first time seeing the opening, I skipped it each time. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> I, it was it, it it's an okay little catchy little pop song, but yeah. it would it would get old very quickly. Well, so it, it had a Jamiroquai vibe to me, and I got to listen to more of Galileo uh, Galilei stuff because uh, if it sounds like that, Galileo I'm, Galileo, <laughs> I'm totally sold on their stuff. If their stuff sounds like that on a regular basis, so uh, consider me a fan. All right, so moving on to the actual matter at hand, okay. Generation One sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thank the you. worst. It's the worst series since Double O Season Two. <laughs> It, all, all, every every episode was just a card battle or uh-huh. a Pokemon battle Woo. and meant nothing and nobody got hurt and it was stupid and why are they having babies and, and Gundam? Cell, cell, phone, cell phone Gundam. Yeah, why are they rocking yeah. those cell phones all the damn time? Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if I want to see a cell phone in the Gundam, I just want a creepy guy listening to his dead sister. And too voicemail many, all the time. That's and what too, I want. And too many slap fights. Too many. <laughs> No, um, once again, it's like I had stated earlier, I don't know what episode we were reviewing about it, but everybody that thought this was going to just be uh, basically, no no pun intended, child's play, um, really um, 
you, you got to kind of rethink of what you're looking at here because, yes, okay, the main character is a young child, but it was a very mature story. Uh, dealt with a lot of serious, um, you know, issues and stuff. Yes, it had some goofiness in there and stuff like that, but that's okay. But in the end, I, I think uh, in the spirit of Gundam, which most people would probably say, I think it fits pretty nicely with, um, you know, from what we've seen so far in this first generation, at, you know, within the other stories that we've seen either through Universal Century or the other alternative centuries. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, as engaging and probably more engaging than, and uh, than, than a lot of other shows out there and, and did do a, enough twists where, um, you know, it, it, it definitely set its own path and, you know, it set its own identity within the, um, within, within the franchise at this point. So, um, you know, and, you know, the, the interesting take with the age system, um, you know, going, you know, doing the different modular components and stuff like that, that was really cool. I mean, um, it took a lot of the thing, you know, it was like kind of a hybrid of, of what was being done in Victory, where they got to the point where they would just send out pieces of the pieces of the Gundam, and Uso would just eject them to fire them into people, and then you know <laughs> do midair transformations, and and the whole idea within the uh, you know the striker packs and stuff, um, you know, it's definitely uh, definitely a cool thing, and you know anybody out there that hasn't um, seen it, and if you're listening at this point, I don't know why you would, why why you haven't seen it, but. You know, uh, definitely take a look at it, and, th- and this shows that you just can't judge a show by its line art. So, um, you know, definitely, uh, I-, I-, I think it's been a- an enjoyable ride, and you know, we've been one episode into Generation Two. I know we'll probably be covering that in, in a few episodes from here, and so far, that's it's it's kind of done the same thing, kept its own identity and stuff. So, um, you know, I don't know what more else somebody would want. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, overall, just encapsulated, I would say that it had a pretty standard beginning with the attack on the colony, blows up, escape on the battleship, etc., etc. Then it started going in its own direction pretty soon after that, and even though the Fardane arc dragged along in the middle for a few episodes, mm-hmm. you know, the show did recover from that and just got stronger, and I think led us to a good finish for the first generation, and, you know, there's a lot of mysteries going on here, and it did well enough in explaining enough without giving away everything yeah you know because we still have a lot of unanswered questions even into generation two now of you know what exactly is the plan of the vegans how do they hope to accomplish it and you know what will the asanos be doing to stop them so there's enough (laughs) mystery to keep you intrigued but they've answered enough questions that you're not like what's going on i don't understand well come on well come on chris we know just by looking at uh, Flit's uh, line art, that he was going to be Gendo Akari. Huh. Yes, he's so, he's so Gendo. Yeah, and, we, and that was all verified in uh, episode 16, but we'll get to that on a few episodes from now. So. No now, doubt. one final one final note. Mm-hmm. I got to say this because this, this annoys the hell out of me. Oh. For people on message boards, the freaking guy's name is Flit. Flit, Flit, Flit. Not Flint with an N. There is no N in his name. <laughs> We've known his name for months. When you watch the subtitles, it says Flit. I don't see why people want to insert letters that are not there. Similarly, his son's name is Awesome, not Ansem. There is no N. I don't know why people keep putting that in there. <laughs> and so on a related bro. note, for, for the two people out there who still do this, mm-hmm. even after five years, 
Gundam Double O is written with two zeros, not two capital O's. <laughs> wow. Damn, the people that don't know it's a complete, it's a number. <laughs> I, I still see that every once in a while, and it, and it annoys me. Man. Well, it's it, been it, five it, years. Learn how to write it the right way. You mean it's not Agent 007? <laughs> it's Gundam. Agent 007? <laughs> yes. Gundam Double O? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ooh, so. Gundam O. <laughs> in, in a while, we'll be discussing Generation 2, but for now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a Gof shows up and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic's gonna be based on that game, and what I'm gonna be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like, you may not even have a speaking part, but what I wanna do is I wanna take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E and view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr Hayami H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? 
Who doesn't want to spin around glow and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. He'll keep calling me. He'll keep calling me until I come over. He'll make me feel guilty. This is, uh, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go. segment we're going to be doing a review on a 12 episode anime that came out i think in 2009 i believe mm-hmm. yes it did and it's called a viper's creed uh basically if you want a uh, deep story with lots of emotion and you know thought provoking and and you know uh, questions your role in, in the world uh, metaphysically <laughs> stuff like that this is not the show that you want to watch but if you like pretty, if you like good action with transforming robots with uh, the occasional jiggles and, and double entendres and things and uh, goofy characters who want sugar and stuff like that oh yeah uh, th- this is the one for you uh, basically set somewhere in the near future a war happened third world war uh, I guess there were some issues with global warming and stuff too uh, the the landscape of the world is a lot different uh, this is being set in a place called Daiba City uh, in Japan. Uh, it's uh, basically been flooded, and you have these big, like, super freeways that are going throughout, uh, connecting the different buildings and areas that are there. Um, and they're kind of rebuilding from the, the World War. And they employed uh, various PMCs, which are private military contractors, um, are sent in to do security. And this one for Argon Global Security, they use these blade men, which are in these transforming robots, uh, transforming motorcycle robots, and they go out and they basically are cleaning up the leftover remains of robotic kill machines that were scattered all over during the war. And of course they get, um, you know, bounties and such for that. The people of Diva City don't like it because it's all you damn foreigners and all this other stuff. And, <laughs> and um, you know, so... We have a, uh, a very interesting uh, plot where we see, we see what's going on in this world. Uh, we see that there is a uh, like citizen's first group called Hound. Um, and then we see that there is a frame-up with these blade men, uh, this particular group. with uh, the, 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 It's originally four, and then later on they get a fifth member. And uh, we see that there's a, a whole bunch of political and corporate espionage and, and hanky-panky going in the back there between one of the leaders 
that's uh, like the liaison with Argon and the leader of Hound to try to take over the Diva City themselves. So lots of things blow up, uh, lots of uh, lots of cool action. Um, actually, stay into the thing if you stay off the if you get off these uh, freeways where they're electrified and, and basically provide power to these uh, to these motorcycles. Um, when they say it's only a minute left of battery power, it's actually only a minute left. So, uh, <laughs> not even a minute, it's 30 seconds. Or 30 Woo! seconds, whatever it might be. But it's actually that. It's uh, it's not like, oh, my God, uh, beginning of the episode, 30 seconds left, end of the episode. Oh, whew, that was close. But, um, <laughs> Take that, Ava. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, a quick, uh, that's a quick summary of what was going on here, and I'm just going to go into uh, Chris. What are your thoughts of uh, Viper's Creed? Would you like some sugar with that? <laughs> Transforming motorcycles. All you got to say. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. I mean, this yeah. show was created by Shinji Aramaki, who is pretty well known for having designed the most betas back in the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I like about, what I like about this show is its atmosphere because visually it's so different from what you've ever seen in sci-fi or mecha anime because we've got this world war and global warming that caused the world to flood. Mm-hmm. But because of like some weird stuff that happened during the war, the sky is messed up and it's got all this particles of crap in it, so they can't use airplanes. And the sea is like this like nasty kind of thick water that's nasty. Yeah, it's yeah. and you have all of these buildings that have built built up high above the sea level, mixing with all these ruined buildings, all connected by these highways, which is their only way of getting around. Yep. <laughs> so that that certainly. Um, you know, makes the series look different from what you usually see because there's there's no ground in this series. We don't we never see any ground except in flashbacks during the war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, true. obviously, I like the fact that all of the characters are adults. Yes, and that four out of the five characters are all veteran soldiers, and that they take the time to establish that these people all come from like pretty traumatic backgrounds of their experiences in the war that they've all been scarred by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In some cases, literally, like, Psyche only having one eye. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, you know, of course, there's this conspiracy later on with this group Hound and a bunch of stuff we can get into later, but uh, it's just great action and great atmosphere, and it's a fun ride for 12 episodes, and, and I enjoyed it. All right. All right. So, bro? Well, I like, to, I like to call this series Cyberpunk for Dummies. <laughs> It's 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 cyber it's got elements of cyberpunk in there like uh with people having uh implants and just the way their society is and, and whatnot but it's a fun ride all the way through uh you get introduced to the characters really quick and it sets up, sets up the premise very quickly in the first episode you get a feel for the show and then it, I, I love how it breaks down between all the individual characters as the as the early part of the series goes along so we actually get connected to all of them in shorthand. Uh, and just learn a bit about them and just pretty much how this, how the world works, basically. Uh, their backgrounds for them being soldiers in the war, being affected by the war is, 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 is very neat to see and how that plays an impact on, on their characters in the, in the present day. Uh, I, uh, I, I have a question for you fellas. Do you see what I see? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't see what you see. And what's up with psyches and having one eye? That's, that's another question I have. Because wasn't the guy in uh, Ghost in the Shell, the, the sniper, also named Psyche as well? No, that's Saito. Saito, damn it. Okay. Well, that, that throws that out the window. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the, too much. I, I, 
your whole cyberpunk thing, though, I'm like... Well, it, it's uh, cyberpunk in the really sense got... that there's usually dystopias yeah, where dystopia. corporations are in charge of everything. And, I mean, you see that, like, Archon pretty much runs this city. Yeah, uh, and on top of that, you also, you know, there's elements of actual cybernetic implants as well in, in this show, like with uh, the one gangster... Who uh, had who lost both his arms robot after arms. that? Has robot arms. You know, just a little bit, little touches of cyberpunk there. Not as deep as, of course, Ghost in the Shell, but you know, I, I felt a little bit of kinship, like one percent between yeah, the two. Messed up world, corporations running everything, cybernetic yeah. that, that Those are all the hallmarks of yeah, hallmarks of cyberpunk. The fundamentals, <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, it, it it was it was a pretty exhilarating show. There was a couple things in the show. That myth me, you know, story wise, like um, when they get framed for the uh, the murders of the uh, of the members of Hound, uh, how in the hell did the operators not know that that didn't happen since they watched pretty much everybody's every move through the bi- through the motorcycles themselves or the uh, the the, the Blademan's uh, equipment? You know, it's just this little loopholes there in the story. And, and why is it when everybody gets sniped, they fall off a building? <laughs> well, that's that's not a, that loophole is nothing compared to the very, the the obvious the oh, hundred pound yes. gorilla in the room, which and is mm-hmm. Haruki, the naive, idealistic young fool who gets shot what looks like through the heart. Yes, yeah. falls out the side of a really tall building, mm-hmm. falls into the, the the mucky, nasty water. Yes, and then magically appears in the last two minutes of the last episode alive. Yeah, who? who I mean, and and the fact that with you know, no explanation whatsoever at all for how he survived. Yeah, if he yeah. was alive, couldn't he have told them? Well, maybe he wasn't in. A, you know what the conspiracy was to about. Tell them. But you know the fact that you know they make you believe that he's dead. And I, at the back of my mind, I was feeling, you know, there's no way he's dead. I don't think they're going to kill him off because they had plenty of opportunity to do so earlier in the series. And this is just a catalyst to get everything else going. So I, in the back of my mind, I thought he was alive. And sure enough, at the end, they pull that nonsense that he is. And it's like, wow, just thinking of the logistics of the situation, it's almost impossible for him to live. It just doesn't make sense to me, but um, I, I'm See, sure I, I'm not alone I, in that. I didn't get, I didn't get that. I, I thought once they, sh- once they killed him, mm-hmm. they made it pretty much look like it was final. I mean, yeah. I don't know where else they have the funeral for him. They have, I mean, what the hell are you burying? <laughs> it, it, you know, I, it's, it's just, it was just really stupid. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, 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 it took, it took the enjoyment of the show down just a tad. As soon as that happened, I'm just like. Oh, that that really just kills it. If, if you're gonna have anybody end up becoming, oh, now I'm gonna help save Diva City. Maybe you have the girl do it or something. I don't know. It, it's it's not a it's not a huge deal. But the guy that you re- really in, in all ways, it looks like he's dead, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm back. And even though I fell all these all those stories down into this crappy water, and you know, it looks like I, I got shot, shot in the, right heart, the chest. Heart. Yeah, I was shot right through the chest. A high-powered sniper rifle. Ooh, no yeah, doubt. <laughs> I, I'm now, um, you know, I'm now back and not really looking that bad. And oh, yeah, it was Run stupid. Yeah, especially yeah. when you know, given that after his death, that most of the rest of the team dies. Yeah, you know, and they sacrifice themselves to like accomplish this stuff, and and in you know response to what happened to him, and then it's like, oh, I'm magically alive, but you all are dead. Ha ha. <laughs> kind of cheapens yeah. their deaths a little bit. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so, anything else? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'll Ula tell you. is mm. such a pansy. Yeah, he is. He's a bit you of know, a bitch. Especially at the end when, um, after the, the kind of neat duel with him and this uh, fancy white maneuver roid mm-hmm. and, and Psyche and this uh, nice red one. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Psyche shoots him and he's like, why? 
you shot me. Why did you shoot me? He's like, because you mocked Haruki. He's like, that's why you shot me. That's so <laughs> cruel. And he's crying like, Bleh, and he dies. Yeah. Uh, he also awful. makes one comment, well, a few times that I thought was a little amusing, a little little wink wink to Mecha series. He's like, man, prototypes suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can agree with him fully on that. <laughs> it's good to see the reality of prototypes in the in that show and how, how troublesome they could be. Also, um my train of thought. Oh, okay. Uh, the whole thing of Sakurako, she's also sort of a young, idealistic person, you know, mm-hmm. make a point of pointing out how she is a, a native of the city and not one of these foreigners like the Blade Men. Right. And you see that she's the only one who develops um, any relationship with the members of the Viper unit because once they're all called traitors, the operators for the other four are pretty much like, meh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, it's like they, they they don't care about them at all, and she's the only one who cared not just about Psyche but about the entire unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and yeah, it it is it is kind of funny that you know here they you know here's somebody that is kind of idealistic and wants to you know bring back uh, you know have the the local people running the city, but yet she's she's getting so close and attached to all these foreigners who are you know basically making it throughout the whole the whole show that they're doing it all for the money up until the point when they um they got to kind of you know fight back to you know prove that they were framed you know up until that point it was quite obvious that I'm here to do the money and I'm only going to do things when I feel like it if it's in my best interest <laughs> yeah. and and even as idealistic as she is she's not as naive as Haruki is oh god yeah i mean he just he just wears the naivete and the idiocy on his sleeve so much, which is especially hilarious given that his voice actor also does the voice of Lelouch. Yeah. Oh, like, talk, no. Talk about voice personality disconnect. What about contrast yeah. right there? <laughs> so um, other things appeal to me. The combat was nice. Yeah. You know, the maneuveroids, they're just really cool looking that they're these yeah. enclosed motorcycles. They transform into robots effortlessly. Mm-hmm. They have all of these armaments on them. You know, rocket launchers, saws, machine guns, mm-hmm. and all, yeah, all just really neat to look at. And all the mech, and all the mecha in the show is depicted in CG as well, which it, it, it didn't, it wasn't, it, it didn't take me out the show at all. Um, you know, it's it's not very often we see a show that all the mecha is in CG as of right now, but um, for this show to be back in '09, you know, it, it had a very polished look to it. Also, I think another thing that this show does pretty well is um, establish a general feeling of melancholy. Yeah, because you have basically the world is sort of like a dying place. No one ever comes out and says so, but you just look at the state that it's in. Yeah, you know, you have all of these characters except for Haruki and Sakurako who come from you know traumatic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. They're not none of them are what you describe as happy people. No, right? not at all. You know, they all bear the scars of things that happened to them in the war. Whether it's um, you know for Rudra losing his sniper friend, for uh, Garib the the court martial, for Norma being chased around all over the world for being a refugee and having to give up her daughter, Psyche you know having to kill so many people, mm-hmm. yep. and losing an eye. So these people carry the weight of that with them, and it shows through in in the things they do. Yeah, you do get a sense that it's just a really crappy world, and even if 
the people of Diva City got their wish and Argon left, it'd still be crappy. Oh, it'd I mean, be worse. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it would just be it would just be a really nasty place. And you know, just that quick little thing when they talk about, hey, you know, there's no air travel anymore because the the way the sky is, and you know, whatever they did to screw up the the water, and it's just like, man, this is just. This is just a, a crappy place. If, if there ever was a place that needed uh, a colonization program, it was mm-hmm. the Viper's Creed world. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, also, the, the screwed-up nature of the world, it puts limitations on the fighting because, yeah. you know, as, as we see happen a few times, if you get outside of the area of the lined lane, you're done in 30 seconds. Yeah. And also, if, say, you accidentally blow up the highway... Yeah, oops. Yeah. <laughs> or if someone cuts off the power to try to stop you. Yeah. I also so while, uh, while these mecha are powerful, they all have very definite real limitations. They can't do anything fancy. And and the fact that um, you know, all the blade men have to get approval to do certain things. I mean, to even even to go into maneuveroid, they have to get approval from their operator and getting, you know, get approval from, you know, the management of Argon, you know, which really like doesn't that count for much since like he just does it on his own anyway <laughs> right yeah but she doesn't see what he sees so exactly. i mean, no, until, exactly until she does but <laughs> <laughs> literally well she literally did see what he saw when in the last episode he's blind and she becomes his eyes yeah yeah <laughs> to get him in the fight with uh, with ula yeah it, it, it it's nice it's nice to see a world where and you know where they have the limitations like that with the mecca but i, I think the other thing that's really um, you know, interesting is the fact that um, it's not only showing like the the environmental effects of war, but the fact that their main purpose there is to clean up all these death bots that were spread during the war that just they get activated or something like that, and they, and they come up and out of there. I mean, that 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 shows a pretty good thing because yes, we see shows before where you see the effects of war, but you know the the, the fact that you would have all these weapons spread out and people still could get hurt or killed. Because mm-hmm. these weapons were not cleaned up properly, or or they forgot where they spread them, or whatever. I thought that was that was very interesting too, and and you know, of course, the whole kind of social commentary of our point with um, using uh, private military contractors, and you know, if anyone that's looked at the news in like the last ten to fifteen years, it's always been uh, something of uh, a point of contention when it comes to different things like. With the, what the U.S. did in like Iraq and Afghanistan, <laughs> with, and not just that, but it also bundles in like nativism and distrust yeah. of foreigners yeah. together yeah, with that. that. Yeah, like definitely. Said, it's 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 uh it's it's goes into shell light, <laughs> and it also throws in I think some commentary like just how easily the media is manipulated and how gullible people are that they just literally believe anything they see on TV. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like no one ever doubts for a second, and like the. You know the ma- the so-called massacre of the Hound members. You know the comments made on TV by all these people. Like they just instantly believe everything as no, that's that's the truth. No one, you never see anyone doubting anything that the media tells them. Yeah, as it's as it's presented to me, that's I know that that's the truth. And there's no there's no way that they well, it's just because of the bl- it shows the blind hatred of the PMCs of the foreigners in this where yeah, it's they'll just like, assume the worst of the foreigners just because of the fact that they're foreigners yeah, yeah. On, on top of that they already had a, a bad a bad reputation as blade men to begin with so it wasn't hard for the public to uh, believe the news that uh, the, the Viper team was uh, behind all the uh, all the terrorist bombings that uh, I guess uh, they they blamed on Hound when of course it was really Hound 
But yeah, I mean, it's just another thing about uh, dystopian futures, man. People just eat up whatever is given to them on television <laughs> or, yeah. or through the media. So, all right. Anything else about Viper's Creed, guys? Before definitely, we uh, your, definitely your watch it because it's uh, if you're in the U.S., you can watch it for free on Hulu or Crackle. Yep. Uh, and if you have uh, consoles or set-top boxes, you can watch it through your television on Crackle as well. Um, Hulu doesn't have the streaming right, so you're stuck with a computer there. Wow. But, uh, but uh, yeah, shout-outs to G4 for sucking um, when it comes to airing this show. Because it did air on G4 uh, at the beginning of this year, but they canceled it around the fourth episode. Which is a shame, because it, it, gets, it, it gets far better after that, and um, people missed out. But um, well, it's it's. I mean, you got to remember, there's so many highly rated shows on uh, G4 that <laughs> it, it's a premium of time. There, I mean, geez, geez. they can I, they can spare the slot on a Friday night where you know not many people are going to be watching nah, anyway. No, nah, you, you need more pops <sighs> or blind date things or what is it, Ninja Warrior? I mean, um, you can't get enough of that. I, I'm cool with Ninja Warrior. The rest of the stuff can go to hell. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've seen that. I don't. I don't think I've watched that channel like in two years. Oh man. I I, I just see it on the channel guide. I'm like, <laughs> I just. I haven't. Up. I haven't watched them since they murdered Tech TV. Oh yeah. man, just ate it alive. So <laughs> good show I, though. I, I wish that um, this show would get like domestically licensed for home video because I'd love to buy it on on Blu-ray, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, since it was made by Sony Pictures Japan, that's likely not going to happen because Sony does not have a very good track record with um, releasing anime here. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's amazing. It's uh, it's a, at least dubbed, and that's the only way you can really watch it on Hulu and Crackle is dubbed. So if you have problems with dubs, then uh, you may have a problem with this. But it's a very competent dub. I, I, I think it was uh, they did just fine with the acting for the for the characters and whatnot. So ratings? Any ratings? I would give it a three and a half. Chris? Three and a half sugar cubes. There you go. There you go. Me, I am the same. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. I, I think, it's like I stated earlier, I think I would have had a little bit higher if you just didn't have the complete um, stupidity at the end with Haruki. And, um, the comic <laughs> yeah. book resurrection, it was just really stupid. It's not even comic book. Like It's so, just like, it's like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. No explanation of how I survived. I think I might yeah. have given it four sugar cubes if it wasn't for his, yeah. you know, amazing survival that is never explained. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. Well, uh, that's uh, our review of Viper's Creed. Uh, like, like we said, if you have a chance, uh, want something different, or just want something short to keep you keep you entertained, definitely check it out. But uh, we'll be right back in a little bit. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal. That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Gun. damn about your personal life. Start talking. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as the Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes, and other otaku subjects. That that is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes with whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but awesome. That's why this is going to be great. Uh, I can't believe Game & More forgave Gears of War 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way. You guys are still playing with your consoles? You can't fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of nerd ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop to Second Opinion. So stop by secondopiniongames.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Walter, I love you, but sooner or later you're going to have to face the fact you're a goddamn moron. And that brings us to a close for episode 95, where we wrapped up our discussion of Gundam Age Generation 1, and we also took an anime spotlight on Viper's Creed, the 12-episode bicycle porn series. <laughs> Not motorcycle porn. <laughs> Not bicycle. My, my brain is fried. It's been a long day. Hey, man. <laughs> so... Because it's been a, a long day and uh, we had a lot of business to discuss in the green room and we had that extended straight talk about Mevio, we're going to be foregoing the mailbag and the voicemails for this episode, but next time we'll have probably a mailbag episode, so tune in. And speaking of feedback, uh, please be sure if you also listen to Chaos Theater and Laplace's Box, leave us some voicemails there because we have a total dearth of feedback on those shows and we definitely want to keep up that feature but we need your help to do that so <laughs> please be sure to call 305-792-8324 or 305-SWAT-FAG <laughs> and leave some voicemails for Chaos Theater and Laplace's Box spread the love <laughs> so gentlemen any, any closing comments? no not at all other than my regular stuff no oh yeah now we gotta go through all the 90... 95 different things. I'll keep it short. <laughs> All right. Well, I will turn over to you, Sobro, to uh, hit us up with some links. They definitely peep these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. M-A-H-Q.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right. It's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, 
and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear south, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And I've just got a handful of shout-outs right here. Real quick, I'd like to uh, congratulate the Super Bowl winners. That's right, the New York Giants. And much props to them. It was a hard-fought game hard fought and uh, also i want to give a shout out to all the uh all the ousted podcasters from mevio i hope you guys find a new place to set up shop and um we're we're, we're with you it, it, it's, it's a sucky thing to happen to all you guys um props to libsyn for providing an, an outlet for those who were uh, out ousted by mevio and if you are interested you should definitely go to libsyn.com and uh last but not least i want to give happy birthday wishes to gundam's own neo that's right it's, oh, it's, yeah. it, it'll be his birthday, birthday tomorrow by the time this episode airs. Yeah, somebody forgot. forgot. <laughs> I, I was very busy yesterday, so, yeah, I completely forgot. Hey, it's, all, it's all right. Sometimes you're allowed to forget your own birthday, but I, I know I didn't. So uh, happy birthday to you, Neo. And, yeah. um, and I hope you enjoy it very, very I, much. I expect gifts from all the fans. There you go, man. Hit, up, hit him up on his arm. Um... You, you need to post your Amazon wish list. Yeah, you got the Amazon li- yeah. wish list popping? <laughs> Should, right? Hey man, if you do, show notes. I'll I'll link it up in uh in in the Gundam.net feed and uh people can check that out. But yeah, wish wish uh, Neo a happy birthday, and I turn it back over to you, Chris. All right, well, congratulations, and I hope you enjoy the ripe old age of old. <laughs> yep, the ripe old age of death. Nice, and pr- pretty soon you can look forward to um you know having an IV full of applesauce. <laughs> Sounds appetizing. I do like applesauce. Will, will it be the applesauce with the cinnamon in it? Ooh, no, it'll be, it'll be the it'll be the uh, the bland baby variety. Ah oh, man, the bland institutional stuff. Oh, yes. Is this Mott's? <laughs> oh, it's stinks. Gerber. <laughs> that stinks. So, well, that wraps up this show, and I'd uh, like to thank our listeners for their understanding during this. Uh, time of upheaval due to the Mevio situation, but everything will be okay by the next episode. And you've been listening to Gundam and MHQ. We'll see you next time. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. Pierce, what the hell was that? That was that was my boy.
standing up for good old Hawthorne values. All due respect, sir, I have zero respect for you. Typical Welsh nonsense. Look, father, I hear, so you really want to be like this guy? He's wearing elephant bones on his head. He will be what I tell him to be because I am his father. Listen up, Colonel Cripkeeper. I could live a million years, and I could spend every minute of it doing important things. But at the end of it all, I would have only lived half a life if I had not raised a son. This was a gift that was handed to you. You squandered it. And the reason you have so much hatred in your heart is because you're trying to fill a hole where your kid was supposed to go. And now, it's too late. Now, you're just stomping around trying to prove you exist. Well, mission accomplished. But here's a question I'd like to pass on to you. From every son of every crap dad that ever lived. So... What? I'm done with you. He's done with you. The world is done with you.